up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. And of course, we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in all of pro wrestling podcasting. I am your host here at 607TWS, and I am also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair as he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast family, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? That's right. Let's get pumped. Let's get excited. Yes. You know, I always love it when we peak in the beginning. So sometimes if you guys hear some popping, believe it or not, I kind of enjoy that because that means the excitement is in the room. Mm-hmm. That means it's going to be a good damn show. Now, when it doesn't peak, <laughs> that means <laughs> the excitement not, isn't quite there. But you know what? It's an exciting time in the world of pro wrestling and in the world of 607 TWS. But we'll make an announcement at the end of the show. So right. fans of the show, uh, if you want to hear about an awesome announcement that means more content for mm-hmm. you, uh, stay tuned at the end of the show. After the main event, we will talk about our personal stuff because I don't want to bog anybody down that doesn't care. Right. And you know, mind you, and, and you're not hurting my feelings if you're just here to listen to us talk about wrestling because, hell, that's what the show says. But if you want to know more about what's happening with us and the way you're going to get more bonus content, yes, stick around after the main event. We will talk about it this week. Big announcement for the show. But before we get there, we got a lot of great pro wrestling to talk about. In that main event segment, we are going to be talking about All Elite Wrestling's build to the biggest show in their company history, All In, plus a little bit of build to All Out, because we're starting to get some build to All Out. We're going to talk about how we feel about that, some new matches announced, and so on and so forth. Of course, next week, we will be doing our full preview of All In, because... It's upon us. Mm-hmm. It is upon us. So on top of that, Kenna, do you know what else we're going to be doing? Oh, I know what we're going to be doing. In the, in the mid-card, we're going to mm-hmm. be talking about one of our favorite times of year for one of our favorite independent pro wrestling companies. That's it's right. Homecoming. Game Changer Wrestling Homecoming is coming up this upcoming weekend. So we're going to break that all down for you fine folks, as well as talk about this past week, GCW returned to Los Angeles, California for No Signal in the Hill Part three, and it caught a lot of internet buzz because of a certain main event. We're going to break that down for you in the mid-card as well. But we're going to open up in the opening contest talking about first some big news out of WWE. We got a new United States champion Mm -hmm. that nobody saw coming. Nobody. And on top of all of that, Ken, we also have Jey Uso. Is he or isn't he gone? (laughs) We're going to break that down for all you fine folks. And also in the opening contest, we're going to be talking about the G1 Climax. It's coming to its conclusion. And on top of that, it means the road to uh, Wrestle Kingdom has started. And even more important, New Japan Pro Wrestling back in the States this upcoming weekend for two huge shows in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're going to break that down. All of that is coming to you in the opening contest. But before we can get to all of that fine stuff, Ken, we have to tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. It's very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on the social media accounts. Check out the T Public store. Check out the Patreon link. 
Check out the blog section. Check out the classifieds where you find friends of the show, such as 3FM Podcast, Dragon Master Games, Nerd Initiative, and so many more. The directory, the music section. Basically, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And if you're trying to connect with me and the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. All of our social media links are there, as well as our Public link. Our link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast for as little as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content and help support everything we do around here. Also, while you're there, make sure you check out the, the portions of the website that are for the 3FN Podcast and 607TWS, as well as the Friends of the Show uh, category, which I'm going to have to add to very soon. But right now, the ODPH Podcast lives there, uh, amongst other things that will be coming very shortly. While you're there also, make sure you check out uh, the, the musical directory, where we have amazing bands who provide us with music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs. And of course, we're going to give shout outs right now. First of all, to our good friends over at Floodlands, mm-hmm. whose song Ruins is the theme song you hear each and every week for 607TWS. And then our good friend Second Suitor, whose song One Winged Angel closes down the show each and every week. And of course, there's other bands, but support those bands and all the great bands there because they support us. And make sure you're supporting them on YouTube Music, Spotify, or Bandcamp, or anywhere you get your great music from independent bands. And last but certainly not least, we have our sponsorship uh, portion. There's going to be places like Dragon Master Games, DragonMasterGames.com for all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs. But most importantly, the number one sponsor here in the month of August is our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Mm -hmm. It's upon us. Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino, August 25th and 26th. There's a lot of great guests, celebrities, vendors, and everything else going to be there, including Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp, amongst other things. Dave Sheridan from Scary Movie. You know him as Officer Doofy. Also going to be there, Ken For. Ray and what hasn't and Foray been in? Of course, Dawn of the Dead comes to mind, mm-hmm. the original right off the bat. Of course, he was also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. And you know what? He was also in Rob Zombie's Halloween as one of the greatest cameo characters of all time because he's Joe Grizzly, bitch. Yes. On top of all of that, there's Lorenzo Lamas. There's a bunch of vendors. There's uh, like there's some kind of like 3D printing thing that they're bringing. There's like some virtual reality. There's a, an escape room, a horror escape room that's coming, and all, a bunch of other vendors. It's amazing if you want to find out the full list or ticket information and everything else, visit SciFiHorrorFest.com. And of course, if you forget any of those links, just visit 3FNPodcast.com because we've got your hookup like Big Papa Pump. Now that that's out of the way, we've taken care of the business, Ken. I need you to set that watch for the fans because... That's right, it's time to kick off this week's edition of 607TWS, and we're going to hit you off with this opening segment, and uh, let's start off with some WWE news, because there's only a couple things that we really want to talk about this week, mm-hmm. one of them being the, thing, the, the the title change that shocked the world. Yes. So, as we know, so first of all, I got to say this, and I know certain, uh, certain football team's fans are going to feel a certain kind of way. But uh, here in New York State, we live in upstate New York, the 607, the Binghamton, New York area, we'll say. Uh, We are, of course, our New York market. So Friday night at 8 p.m., starting actually at 7.30, the New York football giants had a preseason game against the Detroit Lions that was on Fox and preempted SmackDown for us. Uh, You could watch SmackDown after the game, after the local news, that is. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But it was just kind of like, why? You know, I'm sorry, Giants fans, but I don't give a damn. And I'm a huge football fan. <laughs> this is I, true. I don't care about preseason football. Right. Preseason football, and the reason they've shortened it, shortened it to three games is because, A, it's not important, and, B, it's only a way for people to get injured. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we've had enough injuries in training camp. Trust me, I'm not going to dive too far into football because in a couple weeks' time, myself, Ken M., and Padawan J. will be sitting down for the yearly ODPH breakdown of the NFL season, giving our thoughts on every team in the league and also giving our picks for the year. Uh, that happens every year if you're a fan of the ODPH podcast. And if you've never listened to it before, guess what? Check out the ODPH podcast and also make sure you're checking out when we do our football classic. It's usually two episodes. It's a show so big, it can't be encompassed in one. Exactly. It's the, one of the most downloaded episodes of the year. We give you everything you need to know about the football season. So if you want to know who you should be rooting for this year, what you should be looking out for, that is the episode you want to get into. And that's how you shill baby shill. But anyways, we got preempted, so I didn't get to watch it live. I had to watch clips. But I got to see the internet hub mm-hmm. uh, because I And by the way, I got to see that the fact that the title changed hands before I knew how the story played out. Because all of a sudden, I saw the graphic that and knew WWE United States champion Rey Mysterio. And I went, wait a minute. Wasn't Austin Theory taking on Santos Escobar? Right. How does this happen? So finally, we watched the clips. And of course, earlier in the night... You know, well, right before the match, I should say. I shouldn't say earlier in the night. Theory took out Santos Escobar, and then Rey Mysterio takes his place and becomes your new WWE United States Champion. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card at all. Oh, absolutely not. And uh, I want to tell you, first of all, how do you feel about the title change and the ending of the reign of Austin Theory? Shocking, to be honest with you, because I think everybody had an idea who was going to take theory's belt i have a different theory and especially now seeing what happened on friday night i think i know what they're setting up for a little bit we'll get to that in a second right right but shocking nevertheless the fact is that you got a theory on theory yes (laughs) well i looked at it like this i was kind of like i was surprised because i didn't think this was coming down the pike surprised that they didn't have santos escobar win. i'm a big fan but i'm okay with ray winning don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. i just kind of like as i'm looking at this i'm kind of like We've been in a period of WWE where the belts have, you know, for a long time, everybody talked about hot potatoing belts in WWE. They have overcorrected that, I think. Now we've had some of the longest reigns ever. You know, not that long ago, we had the longest tag team championship reign mm-hmm. by the Usos. Right. And, and, you know, until WrestleMania when they lost the belts to KO and Sammy. Uh, we've got currently the longest run since the 1980s mm-hmm. in Roman Reigns, and he's even surpassed some of the legendary runs that we thought would never be broken in this day and age, right? Right. We are on the precipice of Gunther, becoming the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Theory was champion for like 290 days right around that mark. It was somewhere 270, 290 was what I, I read. Mm-hmm. So that's a long reign, oh, you know? Oh, huge. Bianca Belair had held the title for a long time before she dropped it to Asuka. Now, of course, it kind of did the double change, but it perfectly, mm-hmm. right? Let's be honest. And over on the other channel, Rhea Ripley, you know, has been dominant since WrestleMania. Right. But before then, you know, there wasn't really too much flipping, but there were some belt changes. But I think that we've just been in this era where we're not used to seeing a belt change. And I think some fans just kind of want to see belt changes. So I think that they did a right th- the right thing here. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really interested because you didn't even tell me what your theory was. What is your theory on the reason why the belt changed on Friday night? Because the internet and, and most wrestling fans thought L.A. Knight, yeah, was going to be the one to take the belt. I think 
we're going to have some kind of shenanigans where he winds up facing Gunther at Survivor Series to win the belt. I'm going to give you something. I don't think it's going to be shenanigans necessarily. I think that there's going to be a trade, if you will. Yep. I think LA Knight is going over to Monday Night Raw. Uh, a lot of people are like, why was he on Raw last week? Well, it was right after a pay-per-view. It is what it is. And plus, it's it's story-based. It's wrestling. Do we really need reasons? Mm-hmm. Well, then why did you break them apart if you were going to just let it work? Right. And I'm happy to see a Miz versus LA Knight program in the meantime. I think that they're going to do one of those classic trades that they did win. They used to split all the time. I don't know if this trade means we're going to see when Kyrie Sane comes in. Mm-hmm. Because, folks, we know that's happening. It probably won't happen until November because I do believe she's finishing up with stardom in October. I believe so, Is yes. what I thought was written on the internet. She had, did say she's leaving for a different opportunity. She did not say what opportunity, but let's be honest. Everybody has already pointed out it's WWE. She's been very big on going back there, especially because they wanted she wanted to work a program with EO Sky. Mm-hmm. And EO Sky wants to work a program with her. And then also Asuka's there. And, uh, of course, they had she had a great – she did not have a bad time in the World Wrestling Entertainment and now it could come to fruition that she could have an even better match. And, I mean, she did let everybody in a little bit more on her stream where she said she kind of fell out of love with stardom and being back home in Japan when she had to lose the uh, the NJPW or IWGP, sorry, women's championship. So she wasn't a fan of dropping that belt to Mercedes. And on top of that, Mercedes wasn't champion long because injury, right. basically. Weird, weird situations going on in Japan. Mm-hmm. So we were... I think you could gear up and either go, okay, well, we get Kyrie Sane over here on SmackDown, and we'll just shift over LA Knight, or we could do a, a bigger trade and have somebody go back and forth. Because eventually, we're going to have to have a trade or something, unless he wins the Rumble with Cody Rhodes to go back to SmackDown, because let's, let's be honest, on Raw, the Raw after SummerSlam, Cody Rhodes didn't by mistake drop the fact that uh, my mom told me that Brock Lesnar was acknowledging me. Mm-hmm. He's keeping that seed planted that we're going to get Roman versus Cody. And depending upon how the bloodline storyline is going here, which we're going to be talking about in a second, that could be sooner than Mania even. Let's be honest. Yeah. I just think that we might just have the champions get traded for whatever reason. So Imperium comes to Friday night and Ray goes to Monday. I think we have to keep Imperium on Monday. So LA Knight being over on Monday night and defeating the Miz in a little program mm-hmm. and then going and taking the intercontinental title off the Gunther is perfect for me. Yeah. No, well, I think that that would be the smart play to do, but would they load up that many star power faces on there between Seth, Cody and LA? And then what do you have on SmackDown? Well, here's the thing on SmackDown, you got the bloodline, right? And that's been driving the, 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 the chariot. Also, you got guys like Sheamus saying, hand me the ball. So maybe they're going to say, Hey, listen, we're going to hand you the ball. Rumor has it. And this is only rumor mm-hmm. that no members of the bloodline are going to be on this upcoming Friday night SmackDown. So for guys like Sheamus and stuff and Drew McIntyre, well, Drew McIntyre's now on Raw, but he was on SmackDown before and made some grumbles. Right, right, right. And some other people who said, hey, listen, give us the ball. I think I think Triple H and management are going, okay, we'll give you the ball. We did a, we did something with, with, with the bloodline, which we're going to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. We're going to let that simmer. You get the ball. Let's see what you can do this week. Let's see if you can pull the numbers without Roman. And... I think that they can. Oh, I think they can too. Actually, I think there's enough star power. You got AJ Styles still over there, which is untapped for them, mm-hmm. really. I mean, we could really get full potential now. Uh, the match with him and Karrion Cross was was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of what you feel about Karrion Cross not winning another feud, it doesn't really matter per se because wins and losses at the end of the day are just a story device. But you know what? Speaking of him, that's what I think gets the belt from Ray. I could see that. But also, there's a deeper storyline there. Did you see some of these conspiracies on the internet? They, they, they kind of pulled the Bray Wyatt kind of like, remember when Bray Wyatt was doing the heel or her? Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of working that way with carrying cross. Yep. Everybody who faces cross changes them. Mm-hmm. And it's being kind of noted by people now. It's really cool. If you really go, go search down the rabbit hole if you want. I'm not going to dive too deep. Into no pun it. intended. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe pun intended. Cause you never know, you know, we, we got good news that Bray Wyatt possibly is on the road to recovery and being back. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to throw out to, and I'm not going to rub it in cause that's the, you know, this is real life, but I will say once again, to all the people out there who always make assumptions because you're guessing off of what people are feeding you on the internet. Always be careful and watch out. Yeah. Because this was, we, we found out this week that it was way more serious with Bray Wyatt than just, oh, I'm not on TV. Because whatever was wrong with him health-wise, mm-hmm. they said was not just career-threatening, it was also life-threatening. Yeah. So the fact that there was people out there going, oh, well, he's not on TV because Vince is back. And like just belittling things. Guys, this is why as a community, we have to stop and wait until things come out. Because honestly... When I saw that, I just went, my stomach got sick because we were, obviously we were always like, there's something more. Mm-hmm. I mean, originally there was the finger. We knew that the finger was jacked yeah. up because there was photographic evidence of that. And then afterwards we had heard rumblings that there was something wrong with him mm-hmm. and we didn't know what. And then, cause so we always said, listen, it's not something with Vince. It's not whatever. It's, there's gotta be more to the story. And that's why we didn't report on it because there was no reason to, to add our, you know, thing. We said, oh man, SummerSlam, it looks like he might come back. And then right before SummerSlam, we figured, found out the doctor said, not quite yet. He's not there and WWE doesn't want him in the ring until he's a hundred percent. And so there, that should have been the biggest cue to everybody out there that there's something really wrong, you mm-hmm. know, cause nobody's going to be like, well, hold him off, hold him off if he's ready. Right. Right. Fast forward. Now we find out, eh. you know, so, you know, Bray Wyatt thought T's and P's, mm-hmm. you know, get well. Absolutely. Hope, uh, we hope to see you back in the ring soon and uh, better than ever. But I'm just glad that he's on the mend, you know, even mm-hmm. if he never wrestled again, as long you know, health in, in life is way more important. But oh, absolutely. I just want to take the time and it's not me trying to chastise anybody in particular. That's not where we're going to throw people under the bus. But you guys know there's a lot of it. And maybe some people listen to this show even bought into it. That's why you got to be careful. We're going to talk about another thing in a minute here, mm-hmm. but you got to be careful buying into the hype because it's not real. Yeah. You know, sometimes the internet guys are just trying to make money, you know, it or they're going off is. of bad yeah. faith dealers. You know yeah. what I mean? Just got to watch where you get your information. So, no. Nice. Thankfully, Bray Wyatt's on the mend. So maybe we'll be seeing something with him very soon. Wouldn't doubt, you know, him and Cody when he I comes I can see back. that. I can see that. Yeah. Right now, it looks like Cody's taking a detour to the Judgment Day. I like it. We're kind of, the Judgment Day is imploding. And also, you know, you could get a Finn-Cody feud a little bit out of this, maybe. And that carries us over just a little further. Uh, I'm thinking that maybe, this is just wistful thinking, Randy Orton's trying to become 100% to make one last run, he says. I think that he's the guy. So the bad news, the great news about Brock and Cody, we got a beautiful story. Mm. Other people, you're like, well, why Brock do it? Well, simple. Brock wanted to make sure that he was the guy. Right. He proved to Brock he's the guy. He shakes his hand, which he doesn't do for anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, now the problem is how do you go on to a bigger thing? I think the story writes itself. You know, the guy who brought him in and gave him his first, you know, good rub in legacy, yeah, Randy Orton, comes back and says, hey, you're doing all this great press. You're doing all this great things. You're talking about your dad. You're talking about all these people. You know who you're not talking about? Me. The guy who brought you to the dance. Yep. And you owe your whole career to me because That's the, things you're, story. the things you're yeah. doing now are things that I taught you. Mm-hmm. And you finally listened and you finally became what I was always thought, saw in you. This is, you know, but you're not, you're not giving me the credit. So if you think you're going to walk in and take on Roman Reigns or anybody else and become a champion and finish a story, 
think again, you're going to have to earn my respect. And you can have this nice feud for a couple months where he has to earn Randy's respect. The storyline is there. Mm-hmm. You get past to get a little handshake, you know. I've even heard people say, you know, you could probably do a little bit with Edge even in between, depending upon how long Randy's out. Sure. You could do a little match with Edge. Edge just saying, hey, listen, I want to make sure you're ready. Mm-hmm. So you could basically have him earn the respect of uh, the, pretty much the older generation, if you will. The guys who came right before him, who paved the road for him to get him there. And it's just a good storyline. They're not as big as Brock Lesnar. But they're still the storylines. They're still names. Yeah, I even heard somebody throw out there it'd be great. But obviously, with AEW, WWE, and the different companies, it would be great if Dustin Rhodes came back for a mini thing with his brother, saying, "You know, you've always before you go on to fight Roman, you've always said that you had to get out of Dad's shadow. Well, Dad ain't here. I'm the closest thing. So now you have to prove to me that you deserve to go on and carry on this in Dad's name. It would be it rates itself. But I don't know if we can get that. But Randy, we can." You know it would be wild, but I granted we're the the amount of moving parts involved would be a little insane. But if they actually set that up for Survivor Series, just one night, Dustin Cody, two. Yeah, it would it be something good for the story. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean they they have a lot of win there, and that's why I say like it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But with the Intercontinental Title, I think it's ultimately going to be LA Knight because that's going to be the big thing to push him over. SmackDown. If he does go there, I think they're going to have to really reload the deck if the bloodline's not featured there, you know, with everything going on. But I think with what they're going to try doing this week, I think that's got a lot of potential too, and especially somebody's due for a breakout moment on that roster. You also have to remember, and I will say this, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who Kevin Owens is right now nursing an injury to his ribs, but Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens technically are in both shows because there's only one set of tag champions. Mm. So we could move Sami Zayn over while Roman or while Kevin Owens is getting healthy. Yeah. And that would give you your big baby face. And, and it technically fits inside the rules because he's a tag champion. He can be on both shows. Uh, great point. So I think that you might see something like that. Especially you could, well, Jay's away, which we're going to talk about in a second. You could actually have, you know, Sammy, who's, you know, him and Jay became best bros, if you will. Mm-hmm. You could have him come over and say, get in Jimmy's face and say, hey, listen, why? why? Yeah. Now you got to fight me. Now I'm done with you. Like, oh, you got to fight me. I'm okay with that. So let's get to that because that's the only other thing WWE yeah. want to talk about this past week. Bloodline storyline. Storyline everybody, that half the people say that they're tired of. The other half say, hey, give me more. You know, we, we tend to fall on the ladder. Mm-hmm. But hey, we understand why other people, I sure. think, gave us a little twist that we didn't see coming. <sighs> Jimmy Uso. The, uh, you know, first of all, we had the tribal chief being recrowned in Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. You have Solo out there. Jimmy comes out there and then Jay makes his uh, appearance because, of course, he has to be there because contractually obligated. And Jimmy basically tells Jay, you know, hey, listen, I did it because I love you and I didn't want to lose you. I felt if you were the tribal chief, I'd lose you just like we lost Roman. So it was still the dissension. Mm-hmm. Like we said, he didn't do it for Roman. Right. He did it because of uh, other reasons. I get it. And I think a re- I think it will finally come out he did it for jealousy. Oh, yeah. You could tell there's a little more there. And they built the story so well around the jealousy that it'll eventually come out, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, Solo makes a statement, which I thought was crazy. However, Jay, listen, Jay had zero Fs to give, brother. <laughs> zero Fs to give. He he took everybody out. He took out the entire bloodline. And after taking out the bloodline, he said, I quit the bloodline. Hell, I quit WWE and walked out through the crowd. And that got the internet buzzing. Let's just talk about the storyline. Let's not go to the okay. other parts yet. Okay. Let's just talk about the storyline. How are you feeling about Jay Uso in the latest chapter in the Bloodline storyline? Give him the Oscar already. Just give him the awards, all of them. Cinema. Simple cinema. 
what he's doing right now for anybody that thought that his loss at SummerSlam, he would fall out of the spotlight for whatever reason. He is going to be world champion within two years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mark my words. He's a top, he's a top guy. Yeah, he has no worry about his place in the roster. He is putting on the best work of his career. I love the storyline. I think that if you're going to have Roman take some time off and not be the, the centerpiece of it, I think this is going to make some compelling stuff. This kind of almost reminds me of the summer of punk in a, in a certain degree. A little bit, a little because, bit. Yeah, because he's leaving, but he's still going to be lurking around. And that's going to be the key thing, building for whatever they're going to do at Survivor Series. I still think that we are going to get the uh, bloodline. I'm with you. You know, uh, tr- the real tribal it's either, combat. either a triple threat match to settle who's going to face Roman, or it's going to be the four-way for the belt. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have the bloodline implosion in that match, whatever it's going to be, three or four-way. But this is the spark to it. And they're going to take the, their time getting there like they've done with everything else. They haven't had a misfire, in my opinion. So we just got to let the story play out, but this moment was perfect. See, the only other thing that I would say, and we're going to get to the, the only other thing I would say is if they don't do the bloodline, you know, four-way or whatever, mm-hmm. I think you'll get a couple months without Jay, and this is definitely done by design. Yes. You know, because what it is is that they realize that the Usos fighting each other, that's a WrestleMania match, mm-hmm. but we're not close to WrestleMania. So we have to drag this out. So how do you drag this out? You do a Summer of Punk kind of storyline where Jay Uso is gone, but he's still kind of around. I think what will end up happening is that maybe you get Jimmy versus Roman or Jimmy in a bad situation. Jay does return to save his brother. We get the happy-go-lucky moment. The Usos get back together to maybe challenge for the tag titles or something, and then Jimmy really turns on Jimmy. Right. That's where the jealousy comes out. And then we'll get the, hopefully, you know, I, I, you know I'm not against Jimmy's promos, but we haven't really seen too many of them. Mm-hmm. If he can bring the fire like Jay does, or even halfway, and just be like, this is why. Because I should be the best. Not you. You take everything. You get all the attention. Your main event, Jey Uso. I'm just your brother, Jimmy. That's not how this works. That's why I did what I did. I didn't do it because I loved you. I do it because I hate you. Yeah. I can't stand you. I loathe you. Like, and really like drive home. And then that bill goes into mania. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could do that, you know, a couple months out, you're in Survivor Series or November, December. Next thing you know, you're doing, you know, the the big turn at the Royal Rumble. You know, Jay's hurt for like a month. He comes back fighting. We're going to Mania. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we have a storyline. So and WWE, let's be honest, played it off perfect, moved him to the alumni page. Yep. <laughs> like playing this to the hills. So much so that the internet started to believe the hype. Not all the internet, not 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 the, the journalists. Right. Because, listen, before I play what I'm going to play to make Ken real happy, I will say this. <gasps> I feel super bad for Sean Ross Sapp, who is out here defending because half of these people claiming things are claiming it was per Fightful Select, and he's out here like, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. He's innocent on, I, I, on So this. before I play into this, SRS, Uncle Dave, Wade Keller, you know, the usual suspects are not involved in any of this at all. They all know it's a work. Right. Just like we're telling you now. Listen, we're burying the lead here. It's a work. But we've got a lot of people out there hitting us up and asking questions. And let's be honest, the internet is just... Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies, Yes! So let's break this down real quick. And I, I promise, because we want, I want to get into New Japan talk. So Same. I, I just yeah. want to throw this out there. 
I, I love the storyline. We've kind of like iced it out for you, like what we believe is really going on. You know, it's going around, and I'm just different versions, but pretty much, correct me when I'm wrong, mm-hmm. the pretty nuts and bolts that we've been hearing from people and also seeing on the internet is that Jey Uso is leaving WWE. His no-compete clause is up five days before All In, so next week. Right. And, uh, you know, well, a week, I should say, a week away from now. And 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 that he's going to show up at All In mm-hmm. <laughs> under his real name. Yep, there's the fake graphic uh, with his real name is All Elite. Yeah. Uh, guys, first of all, the first thing's first. Uh, his contract isn't up because he signed contracts with his brother. Mm-hmm. So that means as a, Jimmy Uso is still under a contract. Jay Uso is still under a contract. They're still under contract. That's the first thing. Second, secondly, even if his contract was up and it ended this month, his no compete wouldn't be over in five days. Right. His no compete, he has a minimum 30 day, probably a 90 day. Mm-hmm. So even if his contract was up, ladies and gentlemen, his contract wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to go anywhere until October, November ish, mm-hmm. if my math is correct. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be right after the Survivor Series. Range. Yeah. We're, you're, you're looking at October, November, right? Yeah. At the earliest. Mm hmm. So it, even if, even if, that's it, they're not. It's a storyline. It's a storyline. Guys, it, I understand. If it really blurred, if you're one of the people who thought that this blurred the line so good, then that means they did their job right. Oh, yes. This is 110% a <laughs> storyline. Uh, Jey Uso, it was smart business because they pulled the trigger, whether you agree with it or not, because I can see both sides on the pulling the trigger a little early with this Jimmy and Jay stuff. It's going to, they need to carry it to Mania. This mm-hmm. is not a match that you just have at a random pay-per-view. Right. The Usos explode is a is a is it's a WrestleMania main event, damn it. Mm-hmm. And if not a main event, a featured match at WrestleMania. It's a big match. Oh yeah, it's a marquee. So we got to drag it out. Mm-hmm. How are we going to drag it out? Oh, you know, we borrow a little bit from something that's been done, and we call it the Summer of Punk. But it was done even before Punk did it. But the Summer of Punk philosophy is, hey, <laughs> I'm going to leave the company, but uh, you know, I'm going to leave you in a bad way. And I'm not really leaving the company, though. And it creates a storyline. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it a few different times. What would be smart business if they wanted to do it and just really get at the internet is just have Jay show up at random shows for other promotions. Just have him sit in the front row. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just teasing it. Like, hypothetically saying, you buy him a ticket for Wembley. <laughs> hypothetically. Yes. I like it, though. Here's my favorite part. There was somebody on the internet, and I wish I got the name. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Uh, it's not my credit. They wrote, hey, wouldn't it be great if WWE let Jey Uso go to Impact for one night and just confront Trinity and be like, your <gasps> husband's a bitch. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, that would get the internet buzzing. Oh, yeah. And Impact has done work with WWE before. And it would benefit Impact to be like, oh, shit, we have Jey Uso on our card. Impact probably would do this. I would be all in. Oh, my God, yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no pun intended. But it's smart booking because when you cross the line of reality and the business, and Punk set that blueprint way back when with the Summer of Punk, that's why it worked because when you tap into the audience in that manner, and especially when you cross over into the pop culture audience, which, like I say, Punk did way back when, this storyline has been doing. This is like with you know Austin 316 and NWO. Everybody knows what the storyline is. Well, yeah, this, the, the cool part is I love that you brought up how Punk did when blurring the lines. That is why Punk is still a top guy to this day. Yeah. Not, not taking anything away from his mic work, his in-ring work, which is great. The, the reason why we all 
CM Punk became the voice of the voiceless was because of the pipe bomb, which led to the WWE Summer of Punk. Not the ROH version, right. but the WWE version of Summer of Punk. That is why CM Punk was a main man mm-hmm. to this day. And nothing against it. Great storyline. You know what I mean? Legendary. Great storyline. This reminds me, speaking of doing business with people, this storyline with the Usos, if you were to do the Trinity idea like somebody brought up, think about it this way. That would be almost mixing it to the point of Matt Hardy versus Edge. Mm-hmm. Remember when Great Matt Hardy point. got legit fired and then they brought him back, but when they brought him back, they let him wrestle in Ring of Honor, and then he started jumping edge, and uh, one of my, the, my favorite lines of all time is the security grabbed him, and he just yells at security, you can't touch me, I'm a Ring of Honor wrestler. Yeah. I work for ROH. It was hilarious. I've always enjoyed that. It was a good shout-out to a company who was smaller, mm-hmm. way smaller than him. And not saying that Impact is irrelevant, but if you think about it, Impact would get a good rub. Because everybody would be buzzing like, holy, sh-, you know, you did you see Jey Uso show up? Mm-hmm. And B, think about how much real life that is. Oh, then, God, then yeah. Jimmy has to be like, man, I, I got to get my hands on him. He he accosted my wife. He went to my wife's job. Think about that as a man in real life. If mm-hmm. somebody showed up to your wife's job to tell your wife, hey, listen, your husband's a bitch, how you would feel. Yeah. They, they just pulled your card. It's a it's next level of disrespect. It, it's so personal now too with how it's connecting with the audience. Like yeah, they have to do something like this. Like and you know Impact and WWE has had a great relationship. Hell, they let Mickey James wear the Impact World Title come out to the Royal Rumble, and Impact is the true forbidden door too. Let's not forget they do business with everybody. We've been saying that forever. Yes, it's true. They're doing business with New Japan. We're gonna talk about it in a minute. It's it's just it would make a lot of sense in my opinion. It would make a lot of sense. They should definitely run with it and just. Have Jey Uso show up at, you know, big events, you know, like when Punk was going to, what, uh, San Diego Comic-Con at the time, he was, you know, technically off con- or contract. Same kind of vibe. If they do stuff like that, this would really sell this storyline and just have Jay just swoop back in when nobody's expecting and the storyline right- lights itself back up. Oh, absolutely. So we're going to keep our eyes on it, but listen, don't believe the internet. It is a work. Yes. Jey Uso is gainfully employed by WWE. Stop blaming SRS. It's yeah. Please, 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 for the poor man's sake. I, I, I'm going to ask people. Come on. It's, I, I just he, The guy is just getting beat down because people are per-fightful when it's not even per-fightful. And the worst part is because they say per-fightful select. You know, that's the pay version. So no, some people wouldn't know. It's, it's just terrible. Yeah. Terrible. All right. Let's get into some happy times because, uh, Ken, I do believe it's time for... Some New Japan talk. Yes. And of course, we're talking G1 Climax 33 update. I do have to give you a little bit of information here. First of all, because of some scheduling, we are recording late night Saturday. So uh, if you want to know, on the East Coast, it's 11.05 p.m. Saturday night. We watched Collision and then came in to record 607 TWS. So the finals for the G1 Climax will go down before this show comes out to you guys Sunday. Okay. Mm. Just so you guys know. So there will be a winner by then, but we, we don't know who the winner is going to be. We can only give you up until the point of the winner. So we are going to talk about that. I'm going to do a quick breakdown because we want to make sure that we get, we don't want to dive too much in the weeds because there's only a couple matches that really meant anything, uh, including the fact that Eddie Kingston came up just short. Yep. Eddie Kingston was on the precipice, <sighs> the precipice of being in the, in the elite eight. So the quarterfinals of the G1 Climax before he lost to David Finley was very heartbreaker. That it crushed me. But you know what? I will say this. Kudos to AEW because they did a nice little vignette for him on Dynamite. I did like that. Showcasing it. So, you know, I thought it was cool. But, yeah, I was, that's who I was hoping would somehow sneak into that Final Four. 
But we did find out that evil snuck into the back door as well. So yes. We have we have some some competition in the finals of G1. Let's talk about the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals uh went down on Thursday, August the 10th, from the uh, fun, uh Chiba, from the Funabashi City General Gymnasium. And uh the quarterfinals went down like this. In the uh, first quarterfinal match, Hikaleo was defeated by Tetsuya Naito. Naito moves on to the semifinals. And the next quarterfinal match, the IWGP United States champion at the time, we'll get to that in a minute, Will Osprey defeated David Finley to eliminate David Finley. Will Osprey going on to the semifinals. Great match, too. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion, Sonata, you know what the funny part is? He finally took a loss. In the quarterfinals to Evil, Evil eliminated the world champion Sonata to move on to the semifinals. Shocking there. I think that was upset of the weekend. Yeah. And last but not least in the main event of that evening, the Rainmaker Kazushka Okado punched his ticket again to the semifinals by defeating the NJPW world television champion, Zack Sabre Jr. So now that we went there, we had to go ahead to the semifinals. The semifinals went down on Saturday, August 12th from Tokyo, Japan. And in the semifinal matches, we had two, obviously. The Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, defeats Evil to advance to the finals of the G1 Climax 33. And in the main event of the evening, Tetsuo Naito pulls off the upset in this case and mm-hmm. defeats Will Osprey to move on to the finals. Your finals, Naito versus Okada. Like I said, by the time you guys hear this, you'll know who is the victor of it. But uh, before we talk about what happened with Will Osprey after... I want to get your pick. Who's taking this show down? Is it going to be Naito or Okada? Mind you, we are a few hours away as we're recording from this match going down. My heart says Naito. My head says Okada. I am hoping Naito sneaks in there because I think Okada, it's too telegraphed in my opinion. Just I want to see something really shake things up. And I think Naito being back in there would be that shakeup. I would like to see Naito. I just think it's going to be Okada. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it has to be Okada because whether the Sonata experiment is working or not is up in the air depending upon who you talk to. So you either need Okada to go to Wrestle Kingdom for Sonata to have a huge victory over Okada to you know ingratiate him as the real champion. Or you go, well, we experimented with it. It didn't work this time. Back to the drawing board. Let's just give the belt back to the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the Rainmaker, although Naito would still, Naito kind of does the same thing, but he's just not Okada. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if Naito wins, but I think that they're going to give it to the Rainmaker. But I'm with you. I hope Naito wins. Yeah. So let's talk about Will Osprey real quick before we move on to what's coming up. <laughs> Will Osprey, after losing, kind of lost his marbles a little bit. Yeah. But uh, on top of that, uh, he kind of went on a tirade, and he says he doesn't want to be the IWGP United States champion. Instead, he's the IWGP United Kingdom champion, and he breaks out the brand new UK championship, which is basically a variation of the US title, only with UK graphics on it. How are you feeling about your new, technically, <laughs> IWGP United Kingdom champion, Will Osprey? <laughs> right before all in. Osprey's the man. I, I'm sorry, like I him losing his mind and then just doing that amazing and especially, you know, whatever he's gonna be doing at all in. Rumor, rumors. Yes, rumor, rumor. Rumor has rumor. that it was gonna be Chris Jericho versus Will Osprey for the IWGP United Kingdom Championship now at All In. Rumors. We'll find out more. Maybe that has something to do with uh, the Don Callis decision this upcoming Wednesday. Hmm. Maybe maybe he turns down Don Callis. And remember, Don Callis aligned himself with Will Osprey 
when uh, Osprey took on Omega and Osprey Omega too. Yeah, that's true. Good so maybe point. that's maybe that's the the way we do it storyline wise. So we'll have to wait and find out this upcoming week. We'll have more on that next week, obviously. But Will Osprey, your new United Kingdom champion, kudos to Will Osprey. So we got two big shows to talk about, and they're New Japan shows. Well, one of them is a New Japan Impact show. The other one is straight New Japan, even though there's guests on the show. Mm-hmm. And they're coming to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's yeah. right. New Japan invades the United States and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the 2300 Arena, as uh, all of us old school fans know it as forever, the ECW Arena Correct. on Rittner and Swanson. Ladies and gentlemen, Saturday, August 19th at uh, the door. The bell time will be 7 p.m. I do believe you can purchase this on Fight, and I think it'll also be available on njpwworld.com. It is the All-Star Junior Festival USA, that's what they're calling it. And of course, this is a promise from the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi, about a year and a half ago. He said he wanted to bring a Juniors Fest to the United States. That was his dream. Remember last time they were in the States, Rocky Romero said, hey, you told these fine folks that you were going to make a dream come true. How about we do it? Mm-hmm. And here we are seeing the fruition. Are you ready to talk about the All-Star Junior Festival? Can't wait. Let's go. Uh, there is a first round tournament match between Kevin Knight and Clark Connors. Ooh. Next up, we have a ASJF tournament first round match, which has been All-Star Junior Festival. We're just going to shorten it. Uh, Francisco Akira taking on Speedball, Mike Bailey. Oh, that's going to be phenomenal. Then the winners of those two match at some point in Junction tonight will meet each other in the tournament final. So it'll either be Kevin Knight and Francis or Francisco Akira taking on or going against Mike Bailey or the opposite. You know I, mean? I never bet against Speedball, so that's my pick. I'm going to say the finals of this, Clark Connors versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah, I could see that. But I could see Kevin Knight getting the win too. But I'm just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got a tag match in, uh, announced. Matt Seidel. Yeah, that Matt Seidel will be tagging with Yo to take on Bushi and Shun Skywalker. Ooh. That's going to be a match. That's going to be something. Next up, we got Mao and El Desperado teaming up to take on, ready for it? Because I know you're going to get popped for this one, your reigning Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team (gasps) Champions, the East West Express, the East Coast Ace, Jordan Oliver, the Young Goat, Nick Wayne. That's right. We're going to get Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver against Mao and El Desperado in Philadelphia. Take my money now. And the only other match that is announced is going to be the, for the Philly Cheesesteak Cup. <laughs> that is right. The Philly Cheesesteak Cup. It is a three-way tag team ladder match. And the three teams are going to be Doki and Lowrider. Okay. Taking on Master Wado and Blake Christian. Oh. Taking on the man that the reason this tournament's happening, the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi, and his partner for the evening, Rocky Romero. Oh, that's interesting. Great matches going down. So you're going to want to watch the All-Star Festival. Oh, my God, yeah. And I know Ken really wants to watch now because East-West Express is in his house. Yeah, like I was already sold on this card beforehand, but yeah, you throw the East-West Express in, I'm in. I'm in all day. But that's not all, Ken. That's not all because on Sunday, 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 August 20th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the 2300 Arena. Impact Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling present Multiverse United 2, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Hmm. Interesting name, huh? Hmm. I wonder if somebody's going to be there. We'll find out, huh? Oh, if only. So, I will point this out. This is on Fight TV, not Fight Plus. It's $24.99. I do know that. And it'll be at 5 p.m. on uh, Sunday. So, Sunday, the 20th of August, Fight TV, $24.99. Ready to break down the card? Let's do it. 
We are going to have TMDK versus Impact as Zack Sabre Jr. will tag with the legend of Slapjack, Shane yes. Haste, to take on Die Hard Eddie Edwards and Moose. Oh, that's going to be great, but you know where my loyalty lies. In a singles war, and this is going to get hardcore and violent, Doki goes one-on-one with the Callahan death machine, Sammy Callahan. I, I hurt <laughs> just hearing that. Oh, that's going to be great, though. How about this? An X Division slash junior heavyweight scramble match. Now, mind you, it's a scramble. Here's your participants. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, El Desperado, Bushi, Mao, Kevin Knight, Rich Swan, and Chris Sabin. Oh, that's a loaded scramble match. <laughs> You're telling me. Holy smokes. How about this one? Bullet Club versus the world. Hmm. The Bullet Club will be represented by the leader, David Finley, Kenta, Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, Chris Bay, and Ace Austin. So that's this is going to be a 12-man tag match. Okay. Their opponents, the DKC, El Fantasmo, Tonga Loa, and Tama Tonga, so the Gorillas of Destiny in their entirety. Hmm. He's not human, PCO. <sighs> and the returning walking weapon, Josh Alexander. This is going to be wild. Next up, special tag team contest. Trey Miguel and Leo Rush will tag to take on the team of Speedball Mike Bailey and the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi. That could be a show stealer right there. And in the main event of the evening for the Impact Wrestling World Championship, your champion, Motor City Machine Gun Alex Shelley, goes one-on-one with the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Excellent main event. Dude, this is a card. Yeah. Both cards in the States, you're not going to want to miss. Make sure you check them out. I'm going to tell you, if you want to see great action, if you're a big fan of high-flying, high fast-paced, hard-hitting wrestling, New Japan is not going to leave you and the dust is going to blow your socks off. Mm-hmm. Let's throw it out that way. And Impact Wrestling, they did such a great job of Multiverse United, the first one. I'm loving the fact that we're getting a second one. In the same year, I mean... Them naming it for whom the bell tolls, and I did not see a mention of one Nick Gage kind of bothers me a little bit, but you never know. He could show up. I could see Nick just... It is, follow- it is Philly. Yeah, I can see Nick just running through that Bullet Club match, just for reasons. Versus the world, and yeah. then he's, uh, next thing you know, pizza cutter to uh, David Finley? Yeah. I'm in. I, I'm just saying, I, I mean, hypothetically. Dude, Kenta versus Nick Gage would be something I would watch. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, putting the karma out there. Well, with that... This upcoming weekend has got a lot of great stuff coming up, but there's even more because we're going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be time for the mid-card featuring the Indie Roundup. And this upcoming weekend, it's homecoming weekend for Game Changer Wrestling. Plus, we're going to break down the card that went down this week. That, of course, being No Signal in the Hills 3 from Game Changer Wrestling. When we come back from this break.
that's right, we are back for this week's mid of the 607 TWS Podcast. Ken's got his bass back, but it's only a short version. There it is. It cut off. We See, only had the short version now. You know what? I tried getting it fixed this week. It did not work. I got to take it back to the shop. Well, you know what does work? Fight Plus. Yes, Brought to you does. by Fight TV. And of course, the mid card featuring the Indie Roundup is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.TV. More specifically, Fight Plus. For $7.99 a month, you get a ton of great independent pro wrestling action. But on top of that, you also get bare knuckle fighting, MMA, rugby, soccer, boxing, all sorts of great stuff. But listen, we're a pro wrestling podcast, so we're here for that indie pro wrestling content. And do they give you the best indie pro wrestling content, Ken M.? By far and away, they do. Because they're giving you such great companies as Game Changer Wrestling, Black Label Pro, Absolute Intense Wrestling, AIW, Pro Wrestling Revolver, House of Glory Wrestling, and so much more. Glory Pro Live and and tons of other things. They're adding stuff that we don't even know about until it's hit in the stream. Like MLW came out of nowhere on Fight Plus. Ken M, Fight Plus, what do you think about it? By far and away, the best deal for any combat sport fan, any pro wrestling fan, for the quality you get for the low, low price, it is a must-have to your streaming collection because you can watch live events, you can watch taped events, you can find your fandom in the world of combat sports and pro wrestling on Fight Plus. That's right, and of course, thank you, Fight Plus, for sponsoring the Indie Roundup. And we got all the events we're going to be talking about, our Game Changer Wrestling, and all on Fight Plus. They so go ahead and watch the ones coming up this weekend, mm. and also you can watch all the replays, including... If you haven't seen it already, Game Changer Wrestling presents No Signal in the Hills 3 from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California. That went down this past Friday, the 11th of August. Are you ready to talk about it, Ken M? Absolutely. First up, the opening contest was a six-man tag team extravaganza as Little Cholo and Los Maciso Ciclope Amiedo Extremo defeated Unguided 2.0, Bodie Young Prodigy, Damian Drake, and Matt Vandergraff in 6 minutes 49 seconds. The Young Bucks found out what it was like to get the, their shit pushed in, <laughs> if you will. But uh, they had a good showing. Give them credit. Good showing, but the inevitable. The uh, grizzled old vets, if you will. <laughs> Not young vets, the grizzled old vets. They, they know a thing or two. Yeah. A thing or two. Next up, there was a four-way match uh, in the women's division of Game Changer Wrestling as Steph DeLander, the queen of hardcore or queen of death matches. Sorry. Mm. I almost got it wrong. The, uh, yang, the ying to Matt Cardona's yang, if you will. Yeah. She defeated Ali catch Maki Ito and Masha Slamovich 11 minutes and 53 seconds. This was a terrific match. Great women's match. If you're one of those people who are on the fence about women's wrestling, watch this match and tell me that a, it didn't tell a story. B, it wasn't entertaining. And C, the wrestling action wasn't just as good as the men. Cause all of those boxes were checked in this match for the best on the Indies doing their thing. Next up, because uh, Blake Christian made himself be known in this to cost Masha Slamovich the match. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got the GCW World title on the line oh. as your champion, All Heart Blake Christian, took on his challenger, Chris Bay. This match got 13 minutes and one second at the end of the day. And still, your Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion, All Heart Blake Christian. Tremendous match, though. Chris Bay just came up short. I need to see this ran back. This was a absolute amazing match. And by the way, you know, I know that fans get tired of heels cheating to win, but listen, that's what a heel does. Mm-hmm. Blake Christian, yeah, a little underhandedness to win this match. Next up, we had a tag team war <laughs> as the rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley defeated the bad boy Joey Janela and Sawyer Reckon 14 minutes and 28 seconds. 
man, this match. When I say hard hitting, I think that's an understatement. Oh, completely. We knew what we were expecting, and it, oh, did it deliver. Let me tell you the match of the weekend. In the sleeper match that we knew and told everybody about, the return of Leon Slater. Leon Slater <sighs> defeated Jack Cartwheel, 11 minutes and 6 seconds. And if you haven't seen Leon Slater, there's a clip floating around the internet of Leon Slater doing what can only be described as a swanton into a 450. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I mean it. Think about it. Dive for a swanton, but then revel into a 450 before the landing. That happened in this match against Jack Cartwheel. I think the only person I've ever seen try that before is Ricochet. Uh, maybe Rich Swan back in the day. I'm not sure. But, I'd have to look it up. But those are the only two that I know that could possibly hit it. Yeah. But Leon Slater did and hit it flawlessly. Yeah, he did it flush. Holy crap. I've never I've never seen anything like it. No. It, so effortlessly. This match was tremendous. Jack Cartwheel, if you're not familiar, get familiar. Jack Cartwheel, as with us recording, was also main eventing Triple Mania in, uh, I do believe, Mexico City mm-hmm. against... Uh, fighting for the mega championship against El Hijo del Vikingo, uh, Dada and Daga, sorry, and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Right. So who knows? Maybe Jack Cartwheel may be your new uh, AAA mega champion. Next up, we have the match between Gringo Loco, and he defeated the Southern Psychopath, Mass Warner, 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Gringo Loco put it best on Twitter. He went in there, had a hell of a match, a bloody violent match. And he ended up beating one of the pillars of Game Changer Wrestling mm-hmm. and Mance Warner. And he knows that that's an honor. And, uh, you know, he respects Mance. And Mance gave him, you know, his props for defeating him. Gringo Loco, man, he's making that real argument to be possibly your next Game Changer Wrestling World Champion. Your thoughts, Ken M. This match was exceeded my expectations. I knew this was going to be something great. But you can't deny Gringo Loco needs to be in a title match very soon at a very big event. What a match. What a performance. I mean, I could keep raving about this, but yeah, you got to get him in a title shot. Maybe, you know, reasons this weekend. I'm just going to put it out there. Who knows? Next up, six-way scramble match, the GCW bread and butter, if you will. Your JCW champion, plus one half of your Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, the East Coast State's Jordan Oliver takes it home as he defeated the East Coast Beast, Alec Price, Braden Toon, Calibus, Jimmy Lloyd and Jordan Cruz in 13 minutes and 26 seconds. A little longer of a, of a scramble match, but a really good one. Jordan Oliver gets the win. He's uh, on a streak, baby. Yeah, you can't deny him. Next up, Jacob Fatu returned to Game Changer <laughs> Wrestling and defeated Effie 15 minutes and 30 seconds. A little after match beatdown as well. Jacob Fatu is always a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, every time he comes to GCW, you know it's going to hit the fan. And in the main event of the evening, in the match that the internet was chirping about for good reasons, Johnny Game Changer defeated the man, the king, the god of this, Nick Effin Gage, in 18 minutes and 34 seconds. But a great match. Nick Gage looked like he found the fountain of youth in this match, but then this match kind of turned into an impromptu death match. So kudos to John uh, Johnny Game Changer. On going through some thumbtacks, there was some glass, there was some light tubes, there were some doors, there was a little bit of everything. Oh my. You know, when this match got announced, I think we all kind of went like, wait, seriously? And yet, you saw Nick try wrestling Johnny style. You saw Johnny trying to wrestle Nick's style. Had a little uh, comedy spots here and there uh, with the fake blood that was going on. But at the end of the day... This was a hell of a match. One of the craziest spots to finish this out. And what I mean, what can you say? GCW always puts on a great performance when they go out on the West Coast. 
And this was something the fans have been buzzing about for right reasons. Well, guess what? We get to talk about it finally, Ken M. Yes. We are on the precipice of one of the greatest weekends in the Game Changer Wrestling calendar year, and that is GCW Homecoming coming to you from the Showboat Hotel and Kiss. Well, Hotel and uh, water park resort. resort. They have everything now. They have a the world's the East Coast biggest arcade. They have an indoor go kart track. They have a water park, an indoor water yeah. beachfront water park. It's amazing. So, anyways, the showboat in Atlantic City still hosting Game Changer Wrestling at their home in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And we got homecoming weekend. So, homecoming night one will be on Saturday, August 19th. Uh, start time, I do believe, of 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Fight Plus, of course. All these uh, all these events we're going to talk about for homecoming are available on Fight Plus according to the Fight Plus schedule. Mm. Are you ready to break down night one of Game Changer Wrestling's homecoming? Absolutely. First match. The East Coast Beast, Alec Price, goes one-on-one with Leon Slater. <laughs> what a way to kick off the show. I don't know if this is going to be opening contest. We don't know if these are in order, but if this is the opening contest, this is going to set the tone for the whole weekend. That's why I say they need to have this open. We got some death matches, Ken. We got some real violence on night one. In a, in a death match, Violento Jack returns to the United States to take on death match legend, the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way you can describe that match. In a tag team death match, the king of Rex Shit Mountain, Cole Raderick, tags with the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, to take on Harada and Segura. Oh, God. Coming over from Freedoms. This is going to be interesting. The Freedoms GCW War is still rolling strong. Yeah. Let's talk about another death match, if you will, because it's a double dog collar match. The team of the bad boy Joey Janela and Sawyer Wreck will finally end their feud with the maniac Charles Mason and his his dog of war, if you with Will Pero. Oh, this is gonna get absolutely out of control. Oh, there's one more. Uh, there's two more death matches on the card. Technically, we'll get to them later. But before we talk about those, let's talk about what one of the things that uh, GCW does well: six man uh, mixing the line, violent lucha match. Ooh. Because on one side, we got Crazy King and Los Macisos, which is the whole Los Macisos, Ciclopea mm-hmm. Miedo taking on Thrushy, Alley Catch, Effie, and of course, the legendary High Priestess of the Church of Pro Wrestling, The Dark Sheik Returns. Oh, I can't wait to see this one. Next up, in what they should just call the greatest six-way scramble match ever. Ready for it? Okay. Gringo Loco takes on Arez, takes on Commander, takes on El Hijo del Vikingo, takes on the Sauce Alex Zane, takes on returning from Japan, Kamikaze Ninja Mac. Okay, so when we say don't blink, we mean this match. And if you are sitting anywhere in the first couple rows, be on the lookout because they're going to be flying all over that ring, and I am here for it. Next up, Game Changer Wrestling Ultraviolent Championship will be on the line. Your champion, Rina Yamasha, goes one-on-one with Takashi Sasaki. Ooh. It's going to be a great matchup. Ooh, that's going to be great. And your main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. This match is literally three years in the making. Yeah. Because in a tag team death match, the king and queen of the death match, self-proclaimed, of course, Matt Cardona and Steph Delander take on Maki Death Kill, Maki Ito, and the man, the king, the god of this, Nick Effin Gage in the main event. 
It all started three years ago. Main event of homecoming, Cardona versus Gage, where Cardona, despite losing a ton of blood, defeated Nick Gage for the Game Changer Wrestling World Championship and stamped his label of being the indie god. Nick Gage is ready to take that indie god title off of Matt Cardona, and he's ready for Matt Cardona and Steph DeLander to pay in their blood. What are you thinking about the main event of night one of homecoming? Three years in the making. We have to put this in perspective, too. If you're not familiar with GCW, this was the night they got put on the map. I mean, they had always had that internet buzz about being the next company. But when Matt Cardona came in to do a death match, the vibe at the showboat, the vibe at home watching, you knew you were watching history. And seeing how the storytelling unfolded that night and the internet reaction, let alone you were in attendance. I was there. For that, yeah, I was there. I got, I got the uh, the beer on me as the people were pelting the ring with full drinks, even. Exactly. I mean, you know, no plant fans. Oh yes, originally plant fans. No, they weren't plants. It was real emotion in that room. I I've been to WrestleMania. The electricity in that room, obviously, not as many people as a WrestleMania because there's probably about fifteen hundred to two thousand people in that room. Mm-hmm. The electricity in that room was like WrestleMania, and everybody was there to see the death of Matt Cardona. And uh, yeah, <laughs> when that didn't happen, yeah, I mean, it kickstarted the the next phase of GCW and, and the momentum they took and ran with it, and even Matt Cardona too. Because let's face it, it took Matt Cardona. It killed Zack Ryder. Yeah, it took Zack Ryder away, and we we introduced the world to Matt Cardona, which I think is for better or for worse is great. Oh yeah, it's been great for independent wrestling. The fact that he calls himself the indie god, I have no problems with. He's gone and elevated every indie company he's been in. Mm-hmm. I know it's uh, you know it's gonna. I, I don't want to take away the 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 allure of it, but behind the scenes, there couldn't be a better guy. Yeah. So you know he's helping young talent. He's out there putting over young talent. He's giving the rub to these small companies, and he's done this without complaining one bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. The persona is great. The heel persona is amazing. I love it. Yeah, no, he has done phenomenal work, and this really put him on the map too. So noting how we're revisiting history and taking it now to a different place, this is going to be something special to watch. So if you needed any kind of further push to go get this pay-per-view on fight, this is it right here. You're going to be watching history repeat itself. So earlier in that day, or so the next day, Sunday, 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 also from Atlanta, all this is from the showboat Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling's, uh, what is it, uh, little brother company, if you will, the NXT to yeah, GCW's yeah, WWE, I was if you will. Say, yeah, you How do you want to describe developmental, it? But Jersey yeah. Championship Wrestling, and this is scheduled on Fight Plus. I don't know if they're still going to be showing it on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel, or maybe they're switching it all over to Fight Plus, but it is on Fight Plus' schedule. So at noon Eastern time, on Fight Plus, Jersey Championship Wrestling presents Dog Day Afternoon on Sunday, the 20th of August. Uh, ready to talk about it? Absolutely. First up, ready? The return of Matt Mikowski. Oh. And as we know, Matt Mikowski, a hell of a wrestling machine, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, he better be because he's going one-on-one with Alex Coughlin. Oh, damn. <laughs> they bring in Alex Coughlin and Matt Mikowski. This is going to be a great match. Next up, eight-man tag team extravaganza as Bam Sullivan, Gabriel Sky, and Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay, and Marcus Mathers will take on the team of Brogan Finley, Donnie Primetime, Hunter Drake, and Rico Gonzalez. This is a great, this is a great young eight-man tag. Mm, great showcase. Next up, in a tag team match, main event, Jay Lyons and Midas Black go against Yo Beast, Beast Man, and Yo-Ya. Mm. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be real fun. Next 
Kevin Blackwood makes his return to Jersey Championship Wrestling in the East Coast as he does, as he takes on the one called Manders from Ooh, Second Gear Crew. That's going to be real good. For the Battle Bowl ring in a ladder match. Because remember, there was a little controversy there. Mm. The East Coast beast Alec Price goes against our boy, one half of the Rip City Shooters, uh-huh. Chad Big Joshua Bishop. Let's go. And in the main event of the evening, Young Dumb and Broke explodes as the East Coast Ace, your Jersey Championship Wrestling Champion, Jordan Oliver, defends his title against former Young Dumb and Broke teammate, Griffin McCoy. Ooh. It's gonna, he won the right. Yeah. He's going to have the match. It's going down this Sunday for Jersey Championship Wrestling. But it ain't over yet, Ken, because at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, also on Fight Plus, Game Changer Wrestling returns with Homecoming Night 2. This, of course, is on Sunday the 20th as well. Are you ready to talk about it? Let's do it. Dragon Kid is making his long-awaited return to Game Changer Wrestling, and Dragon Kid will go one-on-one with Commander. That match you're not going to want to miss. Next up, Maki Ito takes on Becca. Oh, shit. Yeah. The cutest in the room against the world's biggest pop singer. Yeah. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? I mean, Becca's got a little bit of an advantage. Makito's in a death match the night before. Yeah. Next up, Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships will be on the line as the East-West Express, Jordan Oliver, and Nick Wayne defend their titles against Taseki, Sasaki, and Harada. So Mm. the Freedoms Boys are coming after them tag titles. Interesting. Next up in a tag team match. Ready for it? Making his long-awaited return again, Dante Leone returns oh. to Game Changer Wrestling, and he tags with Ninja Kamikaze Mac to take on the East Coast Beast, Alec Price, and his tag team partner, the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Radrick. Oh, man, that's awesome. Dante's been gone for so long. Listen, Rena is on double duty this weekend. Game Changer Wrestling, ultra-violent championship on the line. Your champion, as long as she retains the night before, Rena Yamasha goes one-on-one with Violento Jack. Oh. oh. And in what will possibly be the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship, your champion, All Heart Blake Christian, defends the title against the Woman he stole the belt from. That's right, Masha Slamovich gets her revenge on Blake Christian. Can she take the title off of the champion, or will Blake find a way to weasel another championship defense out? Blake will find a way to weasel because Jey Uso is going to show up. Jey Uso, new Game Changer Wrestling Champion. Mark it here first. That's right. And then the internet can go nuts and say how uh, Brett Lauderdale is in bed with the WWE. Again. Yeah. <laughs> well, all that great action is coming to you on Fight Plus, $7.99 a month. Make sure you check out Fight Plus. They're awesome. We're not just saying that because they're sponsors. We watch it religiously. Mm-hmm. I love all the great independent wrestling. And of course, we're both huge Game Changer wrestling fans. Absolutely. We do not apologize for it. So it's great that we're going to get the huge homecoming weekend brought to us. This is an event that we used to pay, I do believe, upwards of $30 a weekend for the full weekend for. Yeah. You know, just like we used to pay a hundred some dollars for the collective every year. And now Fight Plus has really made it more affordable at $7.99 a month to get all these great events that GCW puts on. GCW is wrestling at least three times a month. Exactly. You want to know why we give it the praise we do each week. You want to know why it has the buzz that it does. This is one of their signature events. I mean, arguably, this is their WrestleMania. The only thing that comes close would probably be Joey Janela's spring break. Right. But in context... It might be bigger, Yeah, I'm saying. But for what Homecoming does, it really is a standout event. They haven't faltered any time. 
And if you want to get into this whole GCW movement, this is the perfect weekend to do it. And also be prepared for surprises. Yeah. There will be surprises. Legitimately. There'll be, there'll be things that you go, oh my God, I can't believe this. You're going to get the best of violence mm-hmm. in the death matches you see. And I know death matches aren't for everybody, but it, you know, turn away when those are on because the regular matches are going to be there. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I mean it when I say the greatest six man scramble probably ever booked. Yes. I mean, that is an, a, an official great match. I mean, Masha versus Blake, the story is there. It's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the story with Cardona and Nick Gage adding in DeLander and, and, and Ito is, is going to be phenomenal. The, the, the Freedoms versus GCW continuing. The storyline with the double dog collar match with, with Janela and, and Rec taking on Mason and Perro. I mean, there's so much great stuff on this card, and I still feel like they're going to add a little bit more to blow you even more away. And that's not even counting the young talent that's going to be on the JCW show that, trust me, you need to get familiar with because these are the kids that are going to be in WWE and AEW in the future, I promise you that much, if not traveling the world for other companies as well. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Obviously, Nick Wayne, you're already seeing him in All Elite Wrestling. Or, yeah, All Elite you Wrestling. You see the real Nick Wayne in GCW. Well, not only that, but listen. Him and Jordan Oliver are a great tag team. Yeah. Jordan Oliver needs to be in AEW as well. I've been saying that for a while. Oh, agreed. And, of course, they're also going to be involved, as you know, in the uh, Multiverse show that weekend. So, literally, they're going to be leaving Atlantic City after the JCW show and going to Philadelphia, Philadelphia which isn't that far. It's about an hour an hour and a half drive, hour, hour and a half, something mm-hmm. like that. It's not that far. But still, listen, man, double duty for them young bucks. Yeah. And I don't mean the team, the young bucks. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about them in a minute, though. So, with that, that's going to do it for this week's mid-card. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we are going to be talking about the build to all in and all out a little bit for All Elite Wrestling. Is it living up to the hype? Is it falling short? What are our thoughts? You're going to find that out right after this final break. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time to rumble. It is time for the main event of this week's edition of 607 TWS. And of course, we're going to end this show in the main event in the land of the elite, all elite wrestling, because hey, let's be honest. They're next up for a gigantic pay-per-view because Wembley Stadium is getting closer and closer, Ken. It's it's right around the precipice. We're almost there. We're a couple weeks out from what they're dubbing as the biggest wrestling show in the history of pro wrestling or whatever, biggest event in the history of wrestling. Isn't that what's at the top of the, the list there? Something in that vein, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. And, and mind you, don't blame them. Right. Don't blame them. Take the big bucket of win. It is, uh, the, I have it right here, the biggest event in wrestling history history 
you know, of course, they're they're assuming a lot of things were not reported as right in ticket sales. <laughs> yeah. The experts online are like, well, you know, the Pontiac Silverdome didn't have, you know, 93,000 people. It was only 79,000. But how do they know that? That's always what I've been questioning. But once again, we're not the ticket sales people. Mm. Because if we were, we would, uh, we would always hammer home that point. And that's something that bothers me online. And I want to make this statement here. Because... The first thing that really got the ticket sales buzz was this Wembley show, right? Yeah. Before that, we would hear about, oh, the empty seats, but there was never really a focus on tickets. And then all of a sudden, Wembley happens, and there's this focus on, oh, Tony Khan bought the tickets, and it's it's not, they didn't sell any of them, <laughs> which I think is bullshit. Mm. You know? I think that uh, people over in, in England, from what uh, has been reported on the internet, from people in the UK, is it's like they're just starved for action. Yeah. The big show comes. First time AEW's in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. hey, they're showing up and showing love. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's been happening. That happens to them all the time. I mean, look at Arthur Ashe. Yeah. First year at Arthur Ashe, it was like, what, 27,000, 26,000, something like that. It was their biggest show. Right. Second year they go back, they're still over 20,000. Still a win. You know, still a win. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's not a win, but that's why I said it's a weird world we live in with these ticket sales. And I just want to make this statement. I saw it again online. That, uh, of course, somebody took a picture, and I know it's gotcha moments for both sides, and both sides are wrong here. I just want to explain it one final time. If you believe me or not, is irrelevant. It's just the truth, guys. That's, that's all I can bring you is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what, what I want to say is that the hard camera side, <laughs> where the hard camera is placed, not what the hard camera is shooting, but where the hard camera is placed is the hard camera side. And yes, where the hard camera is, is blocked off. But that doesn't mean the entire section is blocked off or the entire half of the arena is blocked off. Look at Monday Night Raw. Look at SmackDown now. And you'll see that they, if you really get the close picture, you'll see where they block off a few, like the square area. And then usually so that way people can't touch the camera because that would be bad. Mm. And I mean, they have a camera guy over there as well. But you got to make sure people don't knock the camera or getting in the way of the camera. That's kind of important, right? Right. So on bigger shows, they sell. So how wrestling companies sell tickets. This is not reinventing the wheel. This is 100% fact. So when you see the initial sale of tickets, what they do is they open up first the side that the hard camera shoots. Mm-hmm. So that first, it's like a J shape. So the end bowl around, because we're like a circle, even if it's square, you know, the end and then where the camera is going to hit. They sell those tickets first. And then as the popularity of the show, if they sell out those ones, they then start selling the other side, right? Right. It's a way to make sure that it looks full on camera. AEW has done a wonderful job with this. Their production company, when they first started, I don't think they knew about that little tidbit. Mm. And then we would see empty seats. Now... The only time you see them is if when we get pictures from the internet, right? Right. Listen, it goes back to that secondary company. There's nothing wrong with being number two in the States. There's nothing wrong with being Pepsi Cola. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. Even if you love Pepsi, there's people probably listening right now that love Pepsi. But we got to be honest, Coke is the brand, right? Mm-hmm. When you think people, people actually in some parts of the, the United States and the world, when they talk about soda, period, they call it a Coke. Yeah. Even if they're drinking something else. It's Coke. Mm -hmm. So WWE is the brand. We said that last week. And there's no shame in that. Just be the best AEW can be. And for fans that are getting mad on the AEW side, just ignore the people putting the pictures up if they're there to rattle you. Who cares? Does it make a difference at the end of the day? Is, is, Is it ruining your night to see empty seats? 
instead of watching the re- in-ring work. Come on, guys. That's what we're here for. And for the people putting up the pictures, let, let it go. Mm-hmm. For the people counting tickets and worrying. Ticket sales don't tell you about the show. I've seen plenty of great shows that had not many people in attendance, okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the show. The wrestling makes the damn show. That's what we're all here for. So it just gets annoying because then I hear this argument all the time like, well, WWE side is empty too. No, it's not now. Not now. Not and then now. I love it though. They're <laughs> the one defense that I really got to tell you guys to stop doing. They'll find pictures from like 2019 when WWE's shows were down, like the tickets were, the attendance were down. They'll show those shows where the side was empty. I'm like, please don't show pictures to defend. Your stance mm-hmm. when WWE's tickets were down because that's just saying that AEW's tickets are down. Right. It's not really a defense. It's the same same. It's the Spider-Man pointing me. Right. It's the same same. Mm-hmm. Right now, WWE is up. Right now, they have the Bloodline storyline, Cody Rhodes, all that happy jazz, and they're selling out house shows. Mm-hmm. You know, buildings that AEW runs and they're, you know, not selling out for television. WWE is running house shows at and selling them out. That's not because they're the better company necessarily. It's just because they are the brand. Mm-hmm. Guys, it is what it is. There's another, the, the, the one thing that AEW, for some of it's not even AEW's fault. Ticketmaster has their, uh, what is the, uh, there's a specific name for it. Basically, the popularity of the ticket depends on the oh, pricing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something they've been unveiling. So when the tickets go on sale, they're a little higher because they're popular. Yeah. And then as the tickets are on sale, like if they get into a lull, they'll make them cheaper. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that Ticketmaster's doing and messing with tickets. So move more tickets. And it's nothing with WWE or AEW or anybody else. It's just something they're doing. So even when you see these things where it's like, oh, buy one, get one free to an AEW show and you're shitting on AEW, it's not AEW doing it. It's the venue or Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Got to remember, AEW has no control over that. Right. So it's not their fault. The one thing I will say that's AEW's fault mm-hmm. is that they have flooded too many markets. They've gone back to the same markets too many times. Mm-hmm. They instead of like trying to go to new markets and rotating them through, they're doing the like, same circle. They've been in Chicago a million and a half times. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, to give give them credit, they only go to uh, New York City once a year. Yeah, which they probably should do more. Maybe not at Arthur Ashe. Maybe find another venue. Mm-hmm. You know, I always have to do it. I know they do the LBI quite a bit though. Mm-hmm. You know, which is right outside in Long Island. They do well there because obviously MJF is a big draw in that house. They do Newark pretty often. They do, you know, now they've been doing the forum pretty often in LA. Yep. They do Vegas often. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they do the Florida Loop. Yeah, I was going to say Jacksonville, obviously. And, and nothing against it. I get it. You're going back to proven places. But if you would experiment, like I've said it a million times, and it's not just because we live here. I saw them in Albany, which is a bigger building, and they, you know, wasn't full. If they brought AEW Dynamite or Collision to Binghamton in the Broome County Arena, where they used to do WWE events, and there would be enough for them to put four to 5,000 tickets on sale, even with the setup. Mm-hmm. And they would sell out. Yeah. I promise you. I promise. Mm-hmm. And there's other places like our town. I'm just using ours as an example. Right. But that uh, you would sell out. Yes, they're smaller arenas, but they would be full and they would be loud. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where you go. And WWE, before they got too big for us here in Binghamton, would run televised shows, Raw, primarily, sometimes SmackDown, but mostly Raws. Mm-hmm. Four times a year from Binghamton. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Mm, you're right. So it's not a step down. I think that they should investigate doing that because I think that's the one mistake that they have made mm. for ticket sales. But outside of that, guys, ticket sales don't matter. Right. And let's focus on the big bucket of win that Wembley is. The only reason I wanted to say that is because I've seen a lot of arguments. 
I'm tired of seeing the arguments about the damn tickets. I know it's not going to change because most of those people aren't listening to the show. But if anybody wants to clip this and just explain to them, that, that is just how it works. You sell the tickets on the side that doesn't have the hard camera first, and then you fill out the other side if you can. If you can't, it sucks. But hey, at least if the show is good, is all that matters. Yeah. And if the show is good and it keeps being good, you're going to sell tickets. If you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. The only misstep I can see that AEW has a direct thing in is the fact that they've gone back to the same markets a little bit too much. Yeah, it's oversaturation. So you keep going back, they're going to keep going there. What should have proved this to change that marketing for them was Wembley because first time there, they did it. So we all file this under the uh, ticket edition. Now, let's talk about what's important. And what's important is the wrestling and the build for all in and all out. Of course, we're not going to go through the full card breakdown, but there's some interesting steps that have happened. Mm -hmm. Of course, we found out two weeks ago when we talked about it on this show. We are going to get the main event of Adam Cole Baby. against MJF for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Well, one of them at least. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but that's not it for them because we found out this week on Dynamite that Adam Cole Baby. Uh, said to MJF, maybe this isn't big enough. By the way, before we talk about that, the vignette with them at the trampoline park and MJF taking out the children with the in the dodgeball, loved it. Best thing they've done. Loved it. And I also got to say, I loved the line uh, when they're in the ring doing the promos and all of a sudden MJF goes, oh, you want to do a promo off? And he goes, you look so pale and skinny that if this was the 1980s, Hogan would have snorted you. Greatest line I have <laughs> ever heard in wrestling ever. And, and mind you, I like the parts where he went at Roddy Strong later on. But let's be honest, that yeah. line about <laughs> if this was the 80s, Hogan would have snorted you. An amazing line. MJF is God. Yes. I'm just throwing it out there. God tier promo. So anyways, during this, we find out that Adam Cole says, hey, listen, I don't want to give up, you know, better than you, baby. So why don't at the zero hour of all in, we take on the ROH World Tag Team Champions, because ROH means a lot to me, Aussie Open. Of course, give him a little Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. That's right. And uh, of course, MJF at first goes, listen. If you would have told me I had to wrestle once a year before, I would have told you I would have crushed you out of this ring. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what? I'm up for it. So they made the challenge. Aussie Open accepted. So in zero hours, the free portion before all in. So this goes down at noon Eastern in, in the States, uh, Eastern time. Over in Britain, I do believe it's 5 p.m. because the show starts at 6 p.m. British time. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole. And later that night on all in, your main event will be Adam Cole versus MJF for the AEW world title. Now, from a storyline perspective, Ken, I think this is fun. Yeah. Because if you are going to have Adam Cole turn heel, because I think that's where we're going to. Maybe they swerve us, mm-hmm. but I think the smart money would be to have Adam Cole turn heel on, uh, on MJF eventually. Here's what I'm thinking. You have his master plan is have this tag match, make MJF be in the ring long time. MJF is more tired, so when I fight him in the main event... It's an easier win. Mm-hmm. I think that's great storyline. Storyline-wise, yeah, it makes sense. Booking-wise, e- this is ballsy. Yeah. Because what if one of these guys goes down with an injury on the pre-show before your main event? Yeah. Very ballsy decision. What's your thoughts on MJF and Adam Cole not only being the main event of All In for the title, but now getting a shot at the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships on the Zero Hour against Aussie Open. I concur. I think it's great for storyline, and it plays into the Adam Cole eventual heel turn. But, man, I would not do this at Wembley. Just for the simple fact of it's Wembley. 
This is your biggest show to date. And you're really rolling the dice, making sure that everybody's going to be healthy going into that match because you never know. So, I mean, me personally, I would not have done it here. I would have done it, you know, maybe on a dynamite. Maybe I would have done it somewhere else, less profile, just because you're leaving a lot on the line if you don't take care of it. And just, you never know what could happen. I just, I, I would not do it. I'd be too paranoid. Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. Well, since then, we also made it official at All In for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. It is officially FTR versus the Young Bucks. Mm. Thoughts? I mean, this is a smart play. It's a smart play. It's a big profile match. Um, yeah. I mean, it's win. I just I I don't know how to think of it right now, but it's going to be a fun match, and it's definitely going to get the crowd's attention, which, like I said, you want to put your best card together, you can. That was a match that we have been preaching for a while needs to happen at Wembley. Yeah. Just because if this is going to be your best foot forward, if this is going to be your biggest show, that's the match we have to go with. Let's go with other matches that they have announced. So they announced that for the AEW Women's World Championship, they were going to have a four-way dance at All In. Now, in typical AEW fashion, we had to make this a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. So Tony Storm instantly is going to be in because she invoked her rematch clause. Which I thought when they started the company, they said they weren't going to do rematch clauses. They weren't clauses, doing rematch clauses. But that's okay. Whatever. Re- I get reasons. It. It, it's, but, you know, that's part of wrestling lore. Sure. I'm fine with them doing it. Yeah. They also got rid of the ranking systems, which I'm really happy about. Yeah, about so thank, time. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. So Tony Storm automatically got in. So then we had matches for everybody else, including the champion. So this past week on Dynamite, in the main event, our AEW World's Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida, Shida, mm-hmm. Wow, I almost messed that up. Uh, took on Anna Jay yeah. for the AW World's Women's Title. Sheeta comes out as your winner, so she's moving on to All In. Then this past, uh, we watched it tonight on Collision, mm-hmm. or Rampage, sorry, Rampage. last night on Rampage. We had Soraya take on Sky Blue, which no-brainer there, Soraya won. Mm-hmm. And this upcoming week on Dynamite, we will have the return of the bunny as she takes on Britt Baker for the last spot. I think this is a no-brainer that Britt Baker will be in the match. Absolutely. So I don't understand why they just didn't announce that it was going to be Sheeta defending the AEW women's title against Britt Baker, Soraya, and Tony Storm at All In. I get that it gives you some content, but it was really no tease because it wasn't really competition. We didn't bring out the best guns, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. all the matches that they used to set up, the three, you knew it was going to happen. You knew Anna Jay wasn't going to beat Sheeta for the world title. Right. I mean, if they really wanted to shock the world, the sure, but I didn't think that was going to happen, especially right around the corner from a big event. Mm-hmm. You you know, Sky Blue, has they've been building her up, but she's been losing. She's one of the few people who's been losing to the outcasts. Yeah. And it's England. It's a no-brainer. Saray is in this match. Mm-hmm. Tony Storm, fine. Got that. That was the one that was done right. The Bunny is just returning from injury. Right. Literally first match back on Dynamite against Britt Baker for the spot. Britt Baker is the face of your women's division. I mean, I guess you could have the Bunny win to swerve us all, but let's be honest, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, then that opens up a whole nother, like, well, she just came back from injury. Why is she getting an opportunity? Why isn't like a Willow Nightingale getting that opportunity? Or Mercedes Martinez? Or Diamante even? Mm-hmm. You know? Or Chris Statlander, your TBS champion? Yeah. You know, we just saw them in a match on Collision, those four, in a tag match. Great match, too. And it was a great match. My point of the matter is, there's so much talent in the AEW. We saw Athena and Willow Nightingale tear the house down at Ring of Honor Mm -hmm. in the main event, right? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we getting more of this talent 
going up against the stars of the women's division. And if you're not going to do that, why not just make it the four-way up front? That's my only criticism. I'm fine with the four-way, by the way. Right. The four- I want to go on record. I'm fine with the four-way. Yeah, but the path to get there was unnecessary, in my right. opinion. I, I think they telegraphed it too much because this is all pointing to Soraya winning the belt. I'll be surprised if she doesn't. Yeah. When we do the breakdown, I don't think much is going to change. Mm-hmm. But my point of the matter is, is I just don't understand why when we made this set of matches, I get trying to build interest, but you're not really building any suspense, in my opinion. No, there was no possibility. Like I say, they could pull the swerve with the bunny, which that would be a swerve. It would be a swerve. I don't know if it's smart, though. But No, but you know you're going to load that card up with your stars. I mean, the only way you do that is if you end up doing Britt versus uh, Chris Statlander. Or if you do a real Hail Mary and have the reason the bunny wins is because of Thunder Rosa, who might be cleared to come back, because I know she was cleared for in-ring. They did some in-ring exercises with her to see Mm. if she's ready to come back this past week. That did hit the newswire, and she confirmed it. So therefore, she is close to coming back. I don't know what happened there, but she's got to be close to coming back. So if she's ready to come back... There could be a possibility where she costs Britt Baker the match, so we get Britt versus Thunder at Wembley, yeah. which would be fine. I'm fine with that. That would make that's, sense. That's the big feud because there's a lot of based in real life, and there's a lot, you know. And obviously, they have great chemistry in the ring, as we've seen in their classics. In the, the like, let's be honest, one of the greatest women's matches in AEW and possibly history, St. Patty's Day, Day uh, brawl. There, uh, it was, it was, it was a great match. You know, the only things that maybe surpassed that is like. Talking about like Charlotte versus Rhea at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, and a few other matches, but in you know Becky or sorry Sasha and Bailey, you know, takeovers matches. Yeah. So like the elite of the elite, but they're up there with those conversations in oh, my opinion. A- absolutely, no. I mean, that would make the most sense to do it, depending on what Thunder Rosa is doing, or even you know if you if you're going to do this, you got to put Thunder Rosa if she's clear to go against Chris Statlander. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm just saying it's it's just kind of weird to me that they just didn't say this is the four way we're doing. Yeah, I think. Well, I think they wanted to make it feel more prestigious, but there was no need for it. I get it. You're trying to build excitement and suspense, but yeah. you're not really because we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you got to not telegraph it so much. Let's get some more talent on there where we could go, ooh, because Willow's been beating people. So if you would have put Willow against, you know, you know, uh, Britt Baker, for example, mm-hmm. and you might go, oh shit, you know, Willow's pulled it off before when we didn't think it was going to happen. Maybe this time's the same. Yeah. Just my opinion. Just one man's opinion. Uh, next up in a match that got confirmed, we have Sting and Darby Allen taking on Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox. On the surface, I don't have a problem with this match. Let's be honest, Darby's one of the most over characters in all of AEW and has been for a while. Sting is a legend. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you have him on the card? Listen, Swerve Strickland. And AR Fox, since he's turned heel, they've done some great promos. Amazing They've stuff. done some vignettes. I'm loving their heel life, right? Mm-hmm. My only problem with this match is the way that we're setting up for this match was that Swerve and AR Fox went to Nick Wayne's training gym, right? bloodied him up, then called Darby on the phone, mm-hmm. said, tell, told Darby, this is on you, the blood's on you. And then in retort, we get Darby saying, me and Sting are going to beat you guys up at Wembley. Once again, I understand how we're getting there. It's just the story is kind of like, it, why wouldn't you just jump Sting? Or if you're going to, you know, I, I love the vignette, by the way. Mm-hmm. Don't take, I thought that was one of the best things I've seen on TV. Yeah, when they the, the, Nick, the Nick Wayne beat down and him yeah. bloodying him up. I thought that was amazing. So don't, don't take that away. I just think it's weird that that was the auspices to get us to Sting and Darby versus Swerve and AR instead of like Nick Wayne being involved somehow. I thought they did a major miscue, in my opinion, with how Darby confronted the entire mogul embassy and the lights went out. I was, and he goes, yeah, I, I have friends too. 
I thought this would have been perfect to have the House of Black be with him. But instead, we have Sting at this stage fighting off everybody. I get the Darby Allen thing. Yeah. Because him and Darby have a close relationship. Sure. Darby's been a mentor. Darby was out there. Darby's the guy that gave him the contract. Yeah. You know what I mean? And got him the contract, really. So I get that portion of it. It's just like, I would have liked to see Nick Wayne a little more involved. If the, oh, me if, too. If the reason why we're getting here is because of the beatdown, the home invasion pretty much and beatdown of Nick Wayne. Yeah. I mean, my thing was just Sting fighting off everybody by himself. Oh, yeah. Like well, that, that happens every time. Yeah, but it's just kind of like at this stage, can we mix something up? But you know what? I'm happy with Swerve and AR getting some prime time. They're getting the rub. Yeah, as they should. Swerve as a heel is absolute money. I hope he's on TV a lot more. I hope he gets a, a, a belt at some stage soon because he's that damn good. So I'm just hoping they catapult from this into something else. But, yeah, the, the road to get here was a little bumpy. We're in complete agreement about you know, what's going on there. But yeah, I just thought it was a little bumpy, but I'm not complaining. Right. At the end of the day, I'm not going to complain because listen, I get it. Sting's got to be on this card. Yeah. And Darby Allen's got to be on this card. It's good that we're going to get a rub for Swerve and AR. Mm -hmm. That's good. I just thought it was weird that like we we made this big jump. We took the scenic route. We took a big jump here and a great vignette. Yeah. I just really thought that maybe do a six man. Just somehow I think Nick Wayne should have been involved or maybe Nick Wayne and Darby Allen with Sting in their corner. And then you can just have Sting get involved. Yeah. Because I know they're having the tag match with Darby and Nick this week against. um, The uh, Gates of Agony. Yeah. Yeah. Gates of Agony are coming up to take on Darby and uh, Nick Wayne. So I'm just kind of like. That's why I'm kind of like, I wish it was those two and then Sting outside and then let Sting get involved. Yeah. You know, because that's all we want to see is Sting get involved. Mm-hmm. We don't need him in the match for that. Because, I mean, let's be honest, last time we saw him no-sell a 630 through a table through a four. Yeah. So it is what it is. And mm-hmm. I, but I get it. It's Sting. Right. He's a legend. He's an icon. He deserves it. I mean, it's a no-brainer to put him on the card. So it's not like I'm upset about the booking. Right. It's, it's just, just how, how we got, got there. there. Now let's jump into the weeds a little bit. There is some speculation out there. Oh, actually, before we jump in the weeds, the one last thing that's not speculation. Darby Allen, we know, has got the first announced match for All Out, too. Darby Allen is getting a shot at the TNT title, which is currently held by Luchasaurus or Christian Cage, depending. Christian Cage holds the belt, but the real champion is Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. We all know that. But that's going to happen at All Out. We found that out. That is official. Yeah. So Darby Allen's involved in two feuds at the same time. It's kind of interesting. Next week on Collision, Darby Allen will be taking on Christian Cage in a one-on-one match. But on Dynamite, he'll be tagging with Nick Wayne to go against Gates of Agony, which they're members of the Mogul Embassy. So it's like he's doing double duty in storylines. It's confusing. And it's confusing as hell. And it makes it even worse because it's not like a Collision versus Dynamite storyline either Mm. because – Luchasaurus and Christian are on both shows, yep. as we've seen, especially with that great promo with Christian's daughter. Mm. Tell me how great that was, yeah. by the way. Keel heat like you would not believe. And then on the other end of it, you know, Darby's on every show. Mm-hmm. And so isn't Nick Wayne and Sting. Like, there's, they're not, you know, they're banished to one product mm. or another. You know what I mean? So it's not really like, oh, we're telling this story on this channel and this story on this channel. And even if you were, that's still confusing. Yeah. So I, I think it's just weird. And I understand Darby's a popular property. Mm-hmm. And he won that battle royal, which gave him the right. I get it, but we could, you know, let's let's clean up some stuff a little bit because I don't think we should be splitting Darby's time like that. Yeah, personally, that's just me. Mm-hmm. It's real puzzling to me also that we're getting Wheeler Yuta versus Orange Cassidy on Dynamite yeah. instead of at All In. I feel like that's an All In match personally. I, agree. I feel like the international title is probably <laughs> well. Not only is it named the international title, but I think it's also the most prestigious title in AEW currently. It's Here's right behind ar- the world title. I, I would say I would put it above the world title right now. Here's my argument. 
the world title hasn't been defended much. Mm-hmm. The international belt has been defended pretty much every week by Orange Cassidy yep. in high-profile matches. Mm-hmm. It's the boat that's vocalized. The TNT title they've played hot potato with, mm. and the you know, and that's we're just talking about men's titles. We're not talking about the tag titles. You're always gonna say the FT title, or FTW title doesn't matter. It's not a recognized title, mm-hmm. but you know that's why I'm not even gonna include it. So we're just talking TNT international and world title, and I could even argue that it takes a step above the tag titles, only up until when FTR won them back, because FTR has done a good job. They defended them two weeks in a row, even. Yeah. So giving them credit there, but um. Yeah, I just think Darby, I think, sorry, Orange has put that belt over and it deserves. Now, maybe that's going to lead to something bigger at All In, so I'm just going to hope for that. Mm-hmm. Now let's get in the weeds, Ken, because now we have a match for All Out that's official. We just told you all the official news from All In. Now let's talk about some of the rumors running around the internet. Running wild, brother. And take these with a grain of salt, because they're mm-hmm. just right rumors. First rumor, the most logical thing ever, and we talked about it before, Kenny Omega versus Will Osprey three for the new for the new IWGP United Kingdom title in London. They fought in Japan, their secondary home for both of them. They fought in Canada, which is Kenny's home. Logically, you fight in England, right? Mm-hmm. At the biggest wrestling show in England history, right? Yep. But no, we're not getting this now, mind you. I cannot put this on AEW because maybe it's not AEW's call. Maybe this is a New Japan call. Mm-hmm. It seems weird to me for them to make that call, but it could be. They could be like, no, 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 we're getting the third match. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But still, the rumored match is Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. And I get Chris Jericho is a star. He should be on the card. But when you were going to give me Omega Osprey, and now you're replacing it with Jericho Osprey, one of these things is not like the other. Your it's thoughts. The, it's the power oh, of Don. By the way, rumor. It, it's the power of Don Callis security. Because whatever deal he hooked up in Canada, that's what's tying this all together. Which, well, one way or another, either yeah. Jericho's going to join the Don Collis family, or he's not, and then he's going to be like, "Hey, Will Osprey, you owe me." That's why I think Chris Jericho. That's what I think we're going to get. I think Jericho's going to snub him, and this will be like a face turn for Jericho, and we kind of go from there. But yeah, I mean, this they had a home run all locked up, and in my opinion, I think this will still be a good match. But when you're Having the biggest show of your your company's career, you gotta load it up with the best of the best. Yeah, I agree with you. And like I said, I'm I'm like there's I can't blame AEW because I don't know. Right, it could be New Japan stopping this. So that brings us to another big high profile rumor match. We are first hearing it was going to be Takeshita versus Omega, which is the storyline they've been working. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, even though we're not getting Omega Osprey, Takeshita Omega, it's a built in storyline. Good stuff. Yep. Now there's a rumor. Once again, these are all rumors. So we're, we're getting the weeds a little bit with rumors. And now there's a rumor that it's going to be a six-man tag match. On one side, you're going to have the Golden Lovers. So Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi mm. tagging with Hangman Page. So a member of the Elite. So the Golden Elite. Also Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, former AEW World Tag Team Champions. Yep. Long story there. Obviously, Golden Lovers, long story there. Mm. So I have no problem with that side. But on the other side... We're going to have Juice Robinson and Switchblade Jay White from Bullet Club Gold, and they're going to be tagging with Takeshita. Yeah. And that makes no sense because what about the Don Collis family? Why wouldn't we just introduce maybe two more members of the Don Collis family? Also, if you're going to go against Bullet Club Gold, there's four members now. Yeah. Because you have the Guns, you have Juice, you have Jay White, and you could always introduce another one. It's just to me kind of like, and once again, I'm not upset about seeing if this is the case. I'm not upset about that match. 
you, as far as the match in ring, you have Paige, Ibushi, and Omega taking on Takeshita, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. Six very capable guys. The match mm. is probably going to be incredible. It's just getting there. You know what I mean? Does that, you, yeah. Like my, I guess the biggest thing we could say in this main event is it's not the matches because I think the show is going to be great and the matches are fine, but it's how we get there. And then I have a secondary worry that we're going to talk about at the end. Yeah, it's, it's just connected to that. It's just a big, it's, it's a big scenic route. That's the only way you can describe it. it. It's not making a lot of sense of how they're getting there unless they do something like Don Callis is go, now going to be the manager of Bullet Club Gold. which Takeshita's in Bullet Club Gold, yeah, so it's like, not the Don Callis family anymore or whatever. I could see that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that would make a lot of sense just to put a Band-Aid on it. But, I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's it's just it's messy. And then last but not least, and this is a match that I can't say that's rumored because it looks like it's going to happen. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk for the real world championship. Yeah. Uh, and I do not like the fact that they call it the real AEW world championship because n- technically speaking, MJF is your champion. Mm-hmm. And CM Punk, yes, never lost the belt, but it was stripped from you. Right. So therefore, th- I get why you're doing it because of the two different shows. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But now you're going to have both belts defended on the same night and you're calling one of them the real world championship. Yeah. And not putting it in quotations. That should be the whole gimmick. It's in quotations real. Mm -hmm. Because technically, yes, you didn't lose it, but you were stripped of it. So the real belt, the real lineage is MJF. And eventually we have to take care of that business. It doesn't have to happen that night. Could happen at All Out. Could happen at, you know, Full Gear, whatever, or later on. But still, I just think it's sloppy. Now, with that match, let's be honest. Match that's fight forever. Mm -hmm. The original fight forever, as far as our generation's concerned. Yeah. However, we just saw this match a month ago in the uh, Owen Hart tournament. If this is where you were going to go for all in, I really think they shouldn't have done that match a month ago. It's too soon. In my opinion. It's too soon. I'm not complaining about the match again. Right, but... But it's a little sloppy getting here. And now it kind of looks like we might be getting Ricky Starks as the manager of Samoa Joe. Yeah. That's kind of what they're teasing, and I'm fine with that. It's adding in it. But then it did... I wish they wouldn't have had Samoa Joe challenge... CM Punk until after the Ricky Starks match and Ricky Starks got suspended Mm -hmm. because that would make more sense. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So last week when Samoa Joe made the challenge, that was too soon. They should have waited till this week or just had him attack CM Punk like he did this week on Collision. Mm -hmm. So that way, then later on we can find out, hey, Ricky Starks, I got suspended, but CM Punk, I got something for your ass. Yeah. He's going to take that title off of you. Yeah, just how we got here. And especially, it's too much too soon. I think... I understand why they're doing this, and it makes sense on the business standpoint, but I think storyline-wise, it's just too much too soon. We don't have a proper build to it, and I will say this will be like one maybe misfire they do on Collision thus far. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if that's completely on Collision. Right. I think but, that they just didn't think the steps out. I think they were just trying to get to point B without thinking about – or point C, sorry, without thinking about point B. Yeah. It, it happens. You know, here's the thing. Here's my biggest concern. And, and I know it sounds like we're down. We're not down. I, I think no, it's no, going to be a great, great card. card. Here's the thing. The, the fact is you're booking sh- the show for me mm-hmm. and for pe- wrestling fans like me. The problem is we need to be booking the show for everybody. Yeah. This is the big coming out party. This is the gigantic show. This is the show where all eyes should be on it. This is the show we've said for a little while now that, hell, if you could put it on HBO Max or Max or whatever the hell you want to call it now because – the masses would see it, mm. and then this would get eyes on your product. I mean, maybe that WBD doesn't want to do that. That's fine. But still, give people a reason to buy $50. 
for you and I, Ken, and mm-hmm. for some of the and a lot of the people who listen to this show, we're watching a lot of different wrestling. We're fans of all these different wrestling. So when I hear that I'm going to get to see Kenny Omega team with Kodai Bushi and Hangman Page to take on Takeshita and Jay White and Juice Robinson, I don't need a storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be a match I want to see. When I hear CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, this is a match I want to see. When I hear, you know, you know, FTR versus the Young Bucks, I don't need a story. This is just a match I want to see. But what is drawing people into the product is is coherent storytelling. And right now, in my opinion, the only real coherent story for All In is MJF versus Adam Cole. Baby. And am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, that's the only one that fans are talking about for the right reasons because it's got a great build. And you're now hooking people into watching it. It has slowly become your best storyline. And you should be modeling everything else you're doing after it because it's got build. It's got connection to the fans on that weird emotional level. And I got to give credit. AEW must be listening because we said, hey, listen, stop announcing matches the week of or, you know, 10 days out. You mm-hmm. know, let's, let's start announcing early. And they did. They started a month early. So giving them credit. But once again, you got to give some substance with that credit. You know, yep. what they're giving us is the sizzle. They're not giving us the steak. Right. And I, that's my fear for Wembley. As a wrestling fan, I want this show to be, I want this show to live up to that moniker, the biggest event in pro, in, in pro wrestling history. Mm-hmm. I want it to live up to, I, uh, people at home, hopefully you've listened this long. I want it to be the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I want it to be 80,000 people in Wembley or more. But 80,000 is where we're at pretty much now. I think they're at like 78 or 79,000 last Something I saw like that, yeah. So I'm just going to say 80. I want to see 80,000 plus in Wembley. I want to see them loud. I want to see them screaming. And I want to see the best show you can sink your teeth into. But my fears are, yes, for wrestling fans like you and I, and for probably a lot of the, you that listen to this show, we're looking at this card going, oh, man, this is, this is good. This is good. But the you know Joe Casual down the street, mm. and I understand people are like, well, why do we care what casual fans? Because you need to bring new fans in. Yeah, what's getting them excited? And let's be honest, if anything that the Bloodline or the Judgment Day or WWE, what they're doing with Cody Rhodes, has proved anything is when people can attach themselves to a story, mm-hmm. they will spend the money and they will come. Think about it. Why are house shows selling out? Because Cody Rhodes is main eventing the house shows. Mm. So I guess the story was good, right? It's not just because Cody Rhodes great in the ring, which he is. Right, but... But people are invested in the story of Cody Rhodes. And people are invested in the fact that they think that he got screwed over at WrestleMania. And people are invested in the fact that he got bullied by Brock Lesnar and he overcome that bully and he earned the respect of the biggest bully in the yard. Mm-hmm. They want to see hashtag finish that story. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is why people are coming to the house shows. And other great wrestling too. But let's be honest. Cody Rhodes, if you ask fans, are the reason they're showing up. Mm-hmm. Why are people engaged in the pay-per-views? And whether you like it or not is is irrelevant, but people are engaged because the bloodline's closing the night. Right. Why are people, you know, excited for, you know, Monday Night Raw, which Monday Night Raw ratings are up mm-hmm. because we're getting great stories with the Judgment Day, plus you have Cody Rhodes. Right. And now possibly LA Night and The Miz. Oh, wow. Big bucket of win there. Mm-hmm. Friday nights have been doing through the roof. The bloodline's there. Yeah. Not to mention all the other great wrestlers. Mind you, everybody else is there and doing their parts. But do you have the anchor stories to bring the people in and then everything else is, is secondary, folks? Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. In, in AEW, they haven't gotten that formula. And, and like I said, I'm loving this card. Just give me some reason to care about it. We had a great vignette with Swerve 
and AR Fox, but then it led to a match where I'm not, other than the fact that, yes, there is a connection between Darby Allen and Nick Wayne, but most people don't know about that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, was, he was just there to defend his buddy. Yeah. It doesn't make sense with the match. And it was a great vignette. Maybe they take out Nick Wayne at this show. Maybe they build on it. That's fine. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt till we get there. Obviously, we're not breaking down the entire card. We're just talking about the build for the card. Mm. So hopefully next week when we break this all down, Ken, we're talking about, hey, listen, in a week, they gave us some story. They gave us the steak. Yeah. They saved the steak for last. Okay, that's fine. Right now, the sizzle's there for for me as a wrestling fan. I'm definitely excited for this card. But, Ken, uh, anything you want to say in closing about AEW and uh, where the storylines are going as we go into all in and all out? No, I agree with it. I wish we had a little more substance to it, but by the time we get the show date, it will be good, and I think everybody should definitely check this card out. Absolutely. And Tony Khan, if you would like to take our invitation, it's been two months and one week since we invited you to come on the show. You are actually any other member of the inner circle of AEW because we have some questions we would like to know, and uh, we will provide them early for you. And yes, I know it means that you know some people might come over here and listen. That's fine. But there's just really questions I think the world wants to know as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're not here to be assholes. We are here to just we're, we're criticized, but we give our opinions, and we always give our opinions with a little attitude to it. So if you want to take that advice or whatever, that's fine. I'm just saying, hey, you know the emails. It's, you know, we've had correspondence before. Let's let's try to make something happen just so we can understand everything a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like coming into things like this. Yeah, you guys, you, we, we, we know that you know how to get a hold of us. So, uh, you know, we'll be waiting for that response this week. Yeah. Well, speaking, speaking of it, I think it's time now that we're done with the main event segment. Before we close out, we did promise the people who want to hear it. We have, we have a relatively big announcement. Yes. So... Uh, this is going to be the first time announcing this, so let's see how well I can do this. So, this uh, past, well, this, there's been an idea been popped around for a while between us and a very uh, credible upstart uh, company on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. I know, I'm teasing. I'm trying to drag it out. We're trying to do some good radio here. We're doing some good storytelling, right? So, anyways, there's been some uh, up stuff. Uh, Ken M has been working with them for comics for a little while now, so some people might be putting dots together that listen to us outside of the 607 TWS world. So originally there was uh, a little overture that we might have taken, might take 607 TWS to this place to, uh, you know, make it happen. But at the same time, I thought, A, we've been doing this for a long time. We've got a lot of traction here. Moving it to somewhere else, I didn't think was the greatest of ideas. Plus we do things a little differently here Mm. and not, we, you know, when we're talking to to going to a bigger audience, a bigger audience doesn't necessarily want to always hear about New Japan Pro Wrestling. They don't always want to hear about the independence. They don't always want to hear about Impact. You know, a lot of people just care about AEW and WWE, one or the other or both. You know what I mean? Am I am I wrong? No, you're right on the money. So it's kind of like this is not necessarily a perfect fit, especially if you're trying to start wrestling content for your company. Mm. So over time, there was some, you know, I've been kind of tossing back and forth ideas. And about a week ago or so, maybe two weeks, uh, me and Ken sat down and I was like, hey, you know, this is kind of an idea I have. I have an idea to, you know, do a show. We'll do a show for them and we'll do a weekly show and then we'll start doing some pre-show and post-shows of pay-per-views. And we can start to build the brand. And as the brand builds out, we can help uh, them build that brand out and then we can spurn off of that. So we had a meeting on Friday. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it went very well. Yes. So we're recording on a Saturday, so Friday. It went so well, in fact, that as of, uh, we, we don't have a date yet because we have a tentative one that we're working towards, but there is no rush. Great support from the staff over there. So I'm trying to take that into account. But as of uh, this Friday, I, uh, I along with Ken M, uh, have, are going to be heading up the Nerd Initiative wrestling content. Yep. So Nerd Initiative, go over to nerdinitiative.com. Uh, we are going to be partnering with them on their YouTube channel, which is Nerd Initiative on YouTube. And we are going to be starting and creating the wrestling content for Nerd Initiative Wrestling, including we will be doing a weekly show, which will be out every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it will be a live stream on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. And we will be talking AEW and WWE as those are the two flagships. And it will be myself and Ken M. And we will probably be joined by another member, uh, a rotating member of what we're calling our our Nerd Initiative Wrestling Dojo. Mm -hmm. So... It's a very exciting time. I'm very excited to be a part of this new project and taking off and helping a upstart brand. Well, you know, they've been doing things and Ken's been doing big things with the comic books. It's really started to take off and it's kind of awesome to be on one of the lower levels coming into building something, especially with the wrestling content being on the ground level. And I'm super excited about it. Ken, what's your thoughts about us joining Nerd Initiative Wrestling? Yeah, this has been something to kind of piggyback off of what Rich was saying. A uh, little over a year, they've been making a lot of waves in the pop culture content. And over time, there has been a growing increase of wrestling content inquiries that we've had a lot of people that have been supporting the site saying, hey, are you guys going to cover this? Are you going to do any you know live shows, what such? And the idea got floated out this summer, and the feedback was very, very positive. There was a big demand for it, and Michael and Tony and the rest of the team over at Nerd Initiative wanted to reach out and talk to Rich and myself about you know what we could do for the brand. And obviously, if you've been following the comic book realm, you know that we have made a huge dent in comic reviews, comic coverage, and everything that you need to know, including our live stream show on Tuesday nights, Turn a Page. So we're bringing some of that magic in the land of pro wrestling, and we had the big meeting on Friday. So it is official that there is going to be wrestling content coming to Nerd Initiative. So if you're not following right now, nerdinitiative.com, I have a link right on odphpodcast.com. So if you need to get over there, drop that subscribe. You definitely don't want to miss it, and it will be coming soon. We don't have a we have a tentative date that we want to get it up and running by, but we want to make sure we do it right. So stay tuned, drop that follow now, and get ready because if we're if you're not, uh, trust us, uh, we have a lot of things in, in store, and it's going to be big, and you definitely want to take notice. So as, as far as your 607 TWS audience, we just want to let you know we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're staying put. T 607 TWS will still be bringing you, you know, the takes that you're used to, the, the opening bout, the mid-card, the main event. But we are probably going to be able to shorten the shows a little bit, mm -hmm. which is nice. Because we'll be giving you that extra content elsewhere that we hope you're tuning into. So uh, when we start, especially, we are going to be doing pre-show and post-shows for every major pay-per-view and PLE for AEW and WWE. So we will no longer technically be breaking them down here on 607 TWS. We'll talk about them as the build-up like we just did with AEW for All In, but we might not be breaking down the entire card. Mm -hmm. What we might be doing instead is diving into more of the things that you guys have been asking us to dive into. That means maybe more deep dives into Impact Wrestling or New Japan. It means maybe d talking more about some of the news and dispelling rumors and, and doing the things that 
I know a lot of you guys uh, like to hear us do. And sometimes, you you know, we've even been told, hey, you know, we want you to kind of bring back when you used to go off and talk about just random subjects from the past or whatever. That's going to free that up on the show. It's also going to clean it up because I know some weeks, because the wrestling realm has a lot of news and we're trying to chuck it all in, this show is it reaches two hours. Yeah. And I get it. And I know that you guys, you know, the most of you guys who are listening and have been with us for a while, thank you. You guys like it and mm-hmm. you've told us, you know, whatever. But I feel like getting it down to an hour and a half and giving you more of what you want to hear with more of our takes on the actual things going on is going to be better because with doing pre and post game shows, you can tune in and still get that complete breakdown, but you can tune in for us doing it there. And that, that when that starts launching, it'll, we'll get more specific about it, but like the pre-shows will be on early enough in the day that it won't affect, you know, watching the show. So even if you work, you can come home, watch our pre-show and then watch their pre, the pre-show for the actual event and then watch the event. And then after the event's over, if you want to get it that night, 15 minutes after the event's over, we're going to be doing the post-show wrap talking about the whole show. But if you want to go to bed, cause sometimes these end late, I get it. The next day you can watch it on YouTube or even throw your earphones in and listen to it on YouTube. And we may even make those available through the 607 TWS uh, feed for the the, the shows we're on mm-hmm. uh, because we've been talking about that as well. Probably not for the Wednesday show because that would be kind of redundant because you guys would hear us talk a lot about some of the same things, if you will. Not all the same things, but some of the same things because we will just be deep diving on AEW and WWE. And so that, that we can tell you that it will be Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard yep. Time. I'm not going to give out the name yet, which we do have a name. Mm-hmm. We are working on the logos. Well, we have somebody working on logos currently. Yeah. So the Nerd Initiative Wrestling logo will be done sometime, uh, not too distant future, and so won't the name of the show one. Then we will reveal both of them. And then as we feel comfortable that we have everything in line, because obviously working for a company that is is legit yes and it's a bigger company there's actually people above us there's people who actually you know this will be a produced show it won't you know i understand i produce the shows here and you guys are kind of used to that but this will be a show that's actually produced by somebody else i mean obviously i'll have a, a play into it and ken will have his opinions on it and we'll be shaping it we're in control of it however and i i'm technically in control of all of it but at the same point in juncture we're going to you know, have somebody else giving the cool stuff, you know, like, so we'll be able to come on here and really just dive in and focus on the conversation and not have to worry about, Oh, we need to change this screen or we need to do this or we need to do that. Like in the past when we did live streams ourselves. Mm. So it's going to be a big bucket of win all the way around. And it's going to open up more content for you, the viewer. Hopefully you'll enjoy the content. And then we're going to provide more content because we have more content creators who want to make great wrestling content. So as we roll out the ball, it's going to be great. So Nerd Initiative Wrestling is a thing. Make sure you're you know, subscribing over on YouTube. It's Nerd Initiative on YouTube. I know Ken's got all the links up on his website. I'm going to be updating my website with all the stuff. I'm just kind of waiting for the logos. Yeah. Uh, because we are, those are, once again, literally, we are recording. As we're recording now, I can tell you technically it's Sunday because it's 1245 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, th- just so you guys know, we, we, we do this for you and the love of the game. And I will, I will just share with you as we wind down that this is just so fresh that we wanted to let you know. Get it out there. Nerdinitiative.com. Make sure you're subscribed. Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. That's where the live streams and the videos will be put up at. And uh, the wrestling journey will start in the very near future. Uh, like I said, I don't want to give the date now just in case we have to push back for technical reasons. Mm-hmm. But as long as all goes well, we have a date that's not too far in the distant future. Pretty much the really near future, I should say. And we're going to open in a big, bad way. No matter what, we're going to open in a big, bad way. But if mm. we open the way we plan on opening, we're going to hit the ground running hard, hand down, 
stiff arm in the competition, if you will. Yes. You know what I mean? So the great coverage you guys get here, you're going to get it over there. And of course, we're going to keep it positive and we're going to keep it. I mean, that doesn't mean we're not going to say things weren't bad, but once again, we're going to keep it positive because we want the conversation. So when you want to come in and t- chat with us, we're never going to tell you you're wrong. You know, maybe we differ in opinions, but we're going to have that conversation. That's what we want to foster. And then we're going to be able to do that there. So enough about all that. Make sure, like I said, once again, drive it home, nerdinitiative.com nerd initiative on youtube make sure you hit those links up if you need to find those links ken just tell them real quick how to find you in the odph podcast and all those wonderful links odphpodcast.com and of course they will be up on 3fnpodcast.com soon which is where you can find all of my links as well so ladies and gentlemen we told you we were gonna you guys wanted more when we asked you if you wanted more you wanted more we got you more mm-hmm. and not only do we get you more we're getting you more with something behind it so it's going to be awesome and you guys are going to want to be on the ground floor as well With that being said, that's going to do it for this week, 607 TWS. For myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later wrestling fans! Rain me.